Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, I just enough and I have a caller waiting for me when I log in, but that's kind of uh, cool. And this is one of those days where I was, I was so into my subject that uh, I, I was looking at articles and doing things, and I suddenly looked up and went, oh, the show starts in two minutes. <laughs> and I thought, I better log into the, the actual studio screen. And that's how it works here at Blog Talk. And so what you do is you log in, and uh, you've you got to get the show, and then you have to log into your own show, and there's just a, a few things that you have to do. So normally I have – let me see what I've got. I've got my notes together. A little disorganized today. It's, I think Wednesday's like the best show because I'm, I'm organized. By the end, end of the week, I get so scattered. In the beginning of the week, I'm way too organized. So it's just kind of a, a crazy thing the way this all goes. So I got a caller here who I don't recognize. And so I got a couple options here. I can play something and screen the call, which I think I might do, or I can just take them and be brave. I usually don't like to do that. I'd much rather have, uh, have folks uh, that I know are coming on. So I'm going to try a little experiment here. And just recording phone number. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because this is when I also look at my radio and go, did I forget a guest? <laughs> we have a guest in the next hour. Marin Montes is going to be on, and she wants to write a bill mandating uh, cameras uh, in, the, in the classroom. So I'm going to find out all about that, help her write the bill, and we'll see what we can do. So while I'm doing this, let me see if I can play something for a minute. Take a look at this call here, and I'll be right back. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Okay, so actually, this is a, a new procedure. I've been sort of wanting to get a, a call screener producer on, but uh, I find I can do this now that we actually have a screening room. And so what that means is uh, I, I take both calls off the air. And so that's why I was playing uh, one of our sponsors there, Grace Care. And so what I found is the person online is listening, not wanting to call. Otherwise, they, they would have talked to me. And so what that means is we, we do get this, you know, a lot of times, Many of the shows on Blog Talk, people call in to listen. They use the phone lines as a way to listen. I discourage that because it ties up my phone lines. And then when people want to get through to talk to me, uh, it's a lot tougher. And so uh, that's, that's the big difference. So I'll leave this call on, on mute for a while. Uh, they know who they are because I just talked to them. <laughs> well, actually, I, I talked. <laughs> I didn't hear any response. Um, but that's how that works. And so if you want to call the show, the other thing you can do is if you want to do, uh, get my attention real fast, then go to live chat. And live chat is where you can, uh, especially if you're a call waiting on hold, uh, and sometimes we get busy, you know, and it's a crazy show here. Then you can always type in a message there and say, hey, I'm on hold. Uh, my area code is, and of course, I'll recognize you right away, uh, and then we'll go from there. So let me put the what's on your mind. A little disorganized. we got a complex uh, series of topics today. And so things, like I say, have been a little 
uh, a little scattered. And so I think I'm all set, though. So there's two things going on. One, I've got Marin Montes, who wants to write a bill. So I've been sort of looking uh, into her stuff. But more than that, I've been doing a lot of uh, after-show work yesterday, uh, follow-up, because this, uh, this organization – let me pull up all my information here – uh, it's part. It's an advisory commission. So let me just get my information here. It's called the ACIP. I can never remember those those uh, those letters. ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. And so this is the group of, of what I call medical Holocaust terrorists who are forcing you know the the COVID jab, which is not a vaccine. I mean, none of these are vaccines. They are uh, they are messenger uh, RNA. In other words, they're they're telling your DNA what to do. They're telling your cells what to do. And what they're telling the cells to do is pretty dangerous. Um, We've got uh, the Surgeon General in Florida said we're not recommending uh, vaccines for men under 40 because of the dangers of myocarditis. Uh, they're dangerous women, too. And so we all know about the miscarriages and some of the other problems uh, they're having. The blood clots are affecting everybody. And first of all, it's not that dangerous uh, unless you're you know, really old or have uh, you know, a bunch of what they call comorbidities. You know, I think all of us in the Florida panhandle had it. It went through. Now, I can't confirm it because there's no accurate test for COVID. That PCR test is crazy. That's not accurate. Uh, the way to test for, for a, a virus is with a culture, and they don't do cultures anymore. So you've got that strike against you. So you can't get good information. You can't get early treatment information. I've been talking about this for over two years. Um, in fact, I started uh, February of 2020. It's when I first started the campaign that uh, Fauci was evil. And we call him Dr. Fascist around here. That Dr. Fascist is an evil, hard little man. And uh, then I found out later just how hard he was when Dr. Judy Mikovits came on the show and she told us all about AZT and AZT that was, you know, deadly to other people who had AIDS. And then the connection between HIV and AIDS uh, is not a direct connection. And I'm not sure all the, the medical stuff. We'll have to go back and listen to Dr. Judy and some of the other shows, but it's there, you know, and the information is out there. And so this guy picks the worst possible drugs that make the highest profits that are either dangerous, deadly, or, or somewhere in between, you know, it's just there. It's just, I don't know what, I don't understand this guy's, well, this is why I call him the, the uh, uh, genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. And that would be one Dr. Fascist. And uh, you want to come after me? Go ahead. And I'll stand by it. I think the record speaks for itself, you know, from AZT through <clears throat> these COVID jabs and everything else. And remdesivir, you know, the whole, what we call the remdesivir ventilator death march. You know, and I, I say that, you know, kind of, I guess, maybe too strongly and dispassionately, but I have lost friends, you know, and I have lost friends to, uh, to hospitals. You know, I, I, didn't, and I severely doubt we lost them to COVID, but uh, I know we lost, I'm, I can almost guarantee we lost them to COVID shots. That would be one of my favorite guests over the last four years, Dr. Peter Pry. You know, he had a COVID shot. Uh, he's not with us. My webmaster, I think... Uh, I'm almost, you know, I'm convinced uh, died of hospital treatment and not COVID. Um, you know, it's just, and I have other friends, you know, along the way. Now, we lost Dr. Zelenko, but that wasn't from COVID. He already had cancer uh, and heart disease, and he already had an amazing amount of health problems. And, and yet, he courageously went on and did what he did, and he interviewed, you know, with me on my show, and we wrote a bill. We wrote a bill back in August of 2020 that reforms the, the whole FDA emergency use authorization process. We broke the logjam where they're the only ones that can issue it. And, and the way they issued the declaration of emergency is pretty sick, really. They just, they just published it in the Federal Register saying we're declaring an emergency. Well, where was Congress? You know, where are the so-called Republicans that believe in limited government, the Constitution, you know, limited budgets, you know, fewer regulations and things like that? I mean, that mandate was completely illegal. It was always illegal. 
you know, it's an illegal search and seizure. It's a seizure of your person with your face mask. It's a seizure of your liberty. It's a seizure of your property. It's a seizure of your ability to go to uh, engage in commerce. You know, stores were closed, except for the big ones. You know, uh, the things that were open, the churches, for some reason, they knuckled under. And yet we've got a First Amendment where the government can't touch the churches. And yet they knuckled under. So now we've got this situation where they're going after the kids. You know, I was thinking of titling the show, you know, it's time to kill the kids again. <laughs> or not again, but it's time to kill the kids. And that's pretty much what's happening. Why would you give uh, something that's not a vaccine to kids that don't need it? You know, if you weren't trying to harm them. Because they're just fine. I mean, the, the, the incident, we had John Cullen on for, for a long time during our, our World's Greatest Doctors panel. And he was amazing. And uh, the doctors panel, unfortunately, has been discontinued because everybody was, was doing other things. But from the folks that joined us, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Ben Marble, uh, all the other folks uh, that, that joined us, Dr. Molly James, Dr. Uh, uh, Angelina Ferreira, Ferella, excuse me. Who else? Dr. Christian Northrup. Uh, different people from different places. Uh, Brandon House from uh, Wendell TV. You know, we had uh, Patrick Wood from Technocracy. Uh, we just had amazing guests. We had Emma Robinson from Wendell TV getting a briefing from John Cullen on uh, the Spanish flu connection or, or the, the real gain of function. You know, the fact that there's very possibly two uh, pandemics at the same time. One you know about, one you don't, because the PCR test doesn't test for the Spanish flu or any H1N1 derivative. You know, that was what was killing people. Flu, people, you look at the, the CDC, uh, you look at the death certificates, and, and the flu is, is implicated, you know, many times more than COVID. And most people who died with COVID died with something else. Well, you know, it, it, it's the old thing, you know, the, the guy that ran his motorcycle into a tree and died. Well, he tested positive for COVID, so it must have been a COVID death. So now they're going after the kids, and this is a worldwide medical holocaust, and there's no reason for it. Um, you know, the, the theories are that they're trying to depopulate the world. I'm, I don't know the reasons. I'm not going to say that yet because it doesn't strike me as something that people who want to rule the world want to rule the biggest world possible. So they want the most people to rule over. Unless they think that if we just get us, you know, the population down to you know, a billion instead of eight, that, that we'll all be easier to manage. I don't know about that. Um, because if they're trying to rule the world, they're going about it the wrong way. They're, they're killing off the compliant ones and leaving us rebels. <laughs> you know, we're doing fine. Thank you very much. And so it's a fascinating thing to, to see how this all works. But let me go to uh, uh, one of the newsletters. So obviously I'm against, I'm against any kind of forced vaccination. I'm against the COVID shot because it's not a vaccination. I don't like vaccinations anyway. So, gee, Greg, does that make you an anti-vaxxer? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and, I, and I go back to the 90s when there was another. See, people forget there's a whole round of, uh, of anti because they weren't doing uh, uh, what they're supposed to. There were dangers. There were all kinds of health problems. The things were being, being pointed out, you know, and uh, in fact, health in general is being questioned. That's why so many people go to what you would call alternative health, you know. Uh, and so there's, there's many other ways to, to get healthy, uh, nutritionists, chiropractors, acupuncturists, uh, you name it, uh, everything from essential oils to, uh, you know, to counseling and just all kinds of things um, that, uh, that would, you know, diet and exercise, physical trainers, personal trainers. There's all kinds of ways to get healthy beyond Western medicine, which gives you drugs or surgery. Uh, you know, if those are your only options, then we got a problem. And so as health practitioners, you know, the way medicine used to be, you know, working with you to heal yourself, as opposed to giving you petroleum-based uh, medicine or, or at least the petroleum around those little capsules. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think those things are? The gel. What do you think gel comes from? Petroleum jelly? Hello? <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's stuff that you, you, know, that you smeared on your kids' faces. Is it petroleum jelly? What, what do you think it was based on? It was based on petroleum. <laughs> 
That's oil. <laughs> okay? So all these things are happening. Anyway, so one of the newsletters I get, and I get many, uh, is the Wildlife Newsletter. Uh, it's Kyle Becker. Kyle used to be connected to Fox. Uh, I guess you don't see him now. He probably, uh, um, the, you know, he would have been connected with the old Fox, you know, the good one, uh, the Rupert Murdoch Fox, which, uh, you know, he let go to, to be, actually be conservative and pursue the news. And I think Fox's kids uh, are changing things around. And, of course, you have Paul Ryan on the board of directors, um, you know, Mr. Liberal himself, Mr. Paul Rhino or as we call rhinos now, transgender Democrats, uh, who's sort of moderating Fox News. So that they actually don't say anything really controversial anymore, except for Tucker Carlson, who I think has a unique contract where he can say anything he wants. Anyway, so Kyle Becker puts out this newsletter called the Wildfire Newsletter. And the headline from yesterday, which was my birthday, by the way, also shared by uh, Marin Montez, who's my guest in the second hour. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm really curious to talk to her. If for nothing else, that we have the same birthday. Not the same day. You know, not the same exact day. We're, we're born years apart, but it's just it's interesting to talk to, uh, you know, especially if you look into astrology and, and just coincidences and, you know, the stars and the planets of Carl Sagan used to say billions and billions of stars in the sky. Anyway, so much for bad impressions. Anyway, so the, the headline from yesterday, the breaking, it says uh, this is from the Wildfire Newsletter, Kyle Becker, B-E-C-K-E-R. Yeah, Kyle, K-Y-L-E, B-E-C-K-E-R. Uh, And it says now, 15 hours ago, so (laughs) we're pretty current on the news. Breaking, CDC panel unanimously votes to add COVID-19 shots to childhood vaccine schedule. This is childhood terrorism. This is is a medical holocaust on children. There is no reason at all to give children, first of all, hardly any of the vaccines they get. I mean, most countries don't don't give a kid a a vaccine until they're at least two. And I think our, our hospitals are vaccinating kids, what, shortly after birth? You know, and you got a brand new child, a brand new immune system. Why the hell would you pollute it with a bunch of chemicals? None of which anybody knows what's in. That to me is insanity. That is irrational. Don't touch the kids. Leave the kids alone. Let the kids develop their immune system. And then if the parents choose voluntarily that they want to give something, if they're fully informed, in other words, they have the complete ingredient list, including graphene oxide, aluminum, and all the other noxious heavy metals that are in these things, then, uh, okay, I mean, I'm not going to take away somebody's choice if this is what they want to do. However, you can't make a good choice unless you're fully informed, and that's part of the problem because the inserts, you know, we, we have a bill. Uh, I've forgotten one of the bills that, um, I wonder if I've listed my vaccine product liability bill. I don't, I don't, no, I think I did actually, that you have to, not before any vaccine is given or non-vaccine in the case of the COVID shots, uh, that people have to read the entire insert they have to know what's in it. They have to be given time to read it, and they have to sign a uh, a record, a, a you know, a piece of paper, a contract that they have read it, and that the person giving the vaccine has has given them the insert, and uh, they've they've seen them read it, you know, uh, seen them read it, and and so that's how you do it. You've got to have informed consent. You have to document that people actually read the ingredients. They know what's in it. They've had time to give their informed consent. It actually is informed consent, and then they get the jab. That's okay if that's what you want to do. Now I wouldn't do it. And I believe in my immune system. I've told this story before, too, that uh, as a tour guide in San Francisco, I was exposed to people from all over the planet. And so I don't think there's a, you know, there's a, there's a country you know, whose citizens' hands I haven't shaken, you know, except some of the women from the Muslim countries because they don't shake hands of uh, you know, infidels. That's a true story, by the way. They don't, unless they, like, wrap clothes around the hands or something like that. But there's no, you, you, there's no, there's no handshake, no skin-to-skin contact with infidels, uh, especially with the women. The guys, I guess they're a little more free to shake my hand. Uh, but I never pushed the issue because, you know, A, I was working, and B, it's, it's their culture. If that's what they want to do, that's okay. But that was reality. So 
you know, but uh, those same Muslim women also love being in the United States so they can then drive cars and, you know, dress as they want and do some other freedom things and they have to go back home. Back to the article. Kyle says the CDC's advisory committee on immunization, immunization practices, that would be the ACIP, the advisory committee on immunization practices, uh, held its vote to add COVID-19 shots to its childhood vaccination schedule on Wednesday. Now, here's the problem with that. The CDC can't do that. CDC has no legal uh, authority. They're not a regulatory agency. Uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease you know, Control, <laughs> and I guess, and, and prevention, that's not their job. They're, they're under the Commerce Clause. They're not even under health. Does anybody look these people up? They're under the Commerce Clause. They get their authority from the Commerce Clause, which, which is no authority at all. So, so the federal government has no authority under the Constitution for health. So anything they do is unconstitutional. All the public health, the NIH, the FDA, the CDC, all those agencies are unconstitutional because there's no delegation from the states to the federal government to engage in, in anything to do with health. A bunch of other things, too, like education, you know, the FBI, <laughs> all kinds of things. But uh, l- l- let's focus on this for now. So the only authority I could ever find on the CDC that they legally have, uh, and that is at the border. And they can restrain somebody who's trying to come into the country with not only a communicable dangerous disease, but symptoms of it. So they are positively identified if someone comes in here with Ebola, you know, and they have symptoms of Ebola. They can be stopped at the border by the CDC. Also by the Department of Homeland Security and, uh, you know, Customs and Border Protection and, uh, you know, all the folks that are at the border. Okay, so you can do that. That's, it's our border. You can, we don't have to let people in who have these horrible diseases, except the southern border, and that's another story. Uh, but, you do, but that is the authority of the CDC, and that is the only authority of the CDC, as far as I know, unless somebody can tell me differently. So they can't – I mean, they can recommend. So in other words, this is, they're an advisory committee. Well, if you're an advisory committee, you're not a regulatory committee. If you're an advisory committee, you're not a mandating committee. You're just advising. It's, it's like when the CDC suggested lockdowns and masks. Okay, they couldn't impose them because they don't have that authority. But the governors did. The governors illegally imposed upon their citizens, you know, the big examples being, uh, what's his name in New York? Uh, Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo in New York, Gretchen Whitmer in, in Michigan, and Gavin Newsom in California imposed draconian, illegal, unconstitutional mandates, mask mandates, school closures, and everything else upon their citizens which they had no authority to do, and people didn't recognize that they had no authority to do that because they were scared, so they went along with it, and look what happened. You know, the, the effects of, the government, of COVID government policy were many, many times worse than the effects of COVID itself. So COVID, unless you are old, vulnerable, you know, and uh, subject to, to horrible things from diseases, you know, you're going to be fine. But if you're old and, and, you know, have comorbidities and are subject to horrible diseases, it's, just a, it's, it's not just COVID that you're subject to, it's every disease. That works. <laughs> I'm kind of on a roll today. This is, this is, I, this, I feel passionately about this. Leave the kids alone. Don't jab the kids. So what can parents do? Let me, give you, let, me, let me cut to the chase here. The best thing that parents can do is get their kids out of government schools right now. Get them out. Just take them out. You know, I recommended highly, highly that when the public schools closed, the government schools closed back in, when did they close? March or April of 2020, that people immediately go to their school boards and, and their county commissions and city councils and say, leave them closed. Close these schools down. Fire everybody. Open them up again as private schools. You know, keep the buildings or even sell the buildings. You know, sell them to private schools. Go to a completely privatized system like pretty much Arizona has done with their uh, empowerment scholarships. So in other words, $7,000 is available for any parent to put that towards homeschools, private schools, anything they want. Well, maybe not anything they want, but, you know, the, the, whatever the guidelines are, I'll, I'll pull that bill apart and study it. That's how, that's how every, every state should go. And I'm talking to some folks um, in, in Florida here, 
about having that, uh, that same policy come here. You know, Arizona, Florida, Texas, uh, Wyoming, South Dakota, you know, Idaho, who else? We're the leading states in the country. This is, this is where the, uh, uh, this is where freedom is, is happening. Okay. So that's why everybody's going to those states, you know, except that Wyoming and South Dakota are a little bit cold, but uh, you know, if you want freedom, um, there's where you have to go. If you want freedom and warmth, you know, Texas and Florida uh, and Arizona, you know, Arizona's doing great things right now. Back to this thing. So the advisory committee on immunization practices has no legal authority as far as I know. So they put these things on a schedule. So who, so who enforces this then? Well, the schools do. The schools, the school boards and the, and the school districts and the, 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 the people that tell your kid that they, uh, they can't come to school unless they've been jabbed with something they don't need. That's insane. <laughs> Leave that school. Get out of that school. Now, I understand the problem. And this is the box that education has put everybody in. They tax everybody, including those without kids. You know, my kid's grown. Uh, they tax all of us for an education system that we do not approve of. That's not necessarily taxation without representation. It's taxation without uh, consent. That's <laughs> what it is. Because I don't consent to any money going to a government education system. I would put it all into a voucher system so people have choice. You know, my body, my choice. How about my mind, my choice? You know, my kid's mind, my choice. So there's a good slogan for it. I just made that one up. My mind, my choice. My kid's mind, my choice. You know, until they're old enough to make their own choice. So if you have the freedom of body, my body, my choice, why don't you have the freedom of your mind? Why should you be forced into a government school that's, that's basically engaged in indoctrination and mind control, and now they're engaged in body control? They have seized the minds, and now they're seizing the bodies with this ridiculous vaccine schedule, especially for something that isn't even a vaccine. None of this makes any sense to me. So if you're going to rebel, the best way to rebel, the best way to resist, is get your kids out of government schools. Take away their students and their money. That's how you do it. If nobody's going to government schools... There won't be government schools because <laughs> what do you do? Sit around paying a bunch of people to sit in empty buildings all day? No. Wouldn't that be nice? No, not paying people to sit in empty buildings, having the buildings empty. Empty the schools, get them out of there, uh, and let's make them let's make them decent. Make them private schools uh, and uh, vouchers for homeschools and tutors and whatever else parents can organize with their kids. Back to the article. The ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, panel voted unanimously 15 to 0. Yeah, I watched the recording. Uh, it, it was like watching something out of, out of uh, communist Russia or communist China. Or You ever see the movie V for Vendetta, <laughs> you know, where the panel's up there? Or Demolition Man, you know, everybody's on these little video screens, right? And so the, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of scary. They all said, uh, do you have any objection to this? And uh, do you vote? Uh, how do you vote? Uh, I vote in favor. I don't have any objections. And they all said the same thing. They're like robots. I don't have any objections. I, I vote for vaccines for children. You know, and it was scary. You know, it's like, okay, well, welcome, welcome to the, poly, the Politburo. Welcome to the Communist Commission on uh, Immunization Practices. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, what do you get a unanimous vote? And nobody had a question? That's impossible. It's impossible for anybody on an advisory panel to not have a single question or objection to giving a jab that's not a vaccine Two children who don't need it. That is impossible. Unless they're all lockstep, conditioned, paying, you know, being paid billions of dollars or, or somehow under the gun. They're either, being, they're either being blackmailed or rewarded. They're either being threatened or punished uh, or they're rewarded or punished. I can't see any other way. To have 15 people with no objection. I mean, I wonder if any of these people actually have kids. That would be something to find out. Let me get back to the article. I have eight articles to cover, and I'm, on, I'm in the first four lines of the first article. That's kind of how it goes around here. The ACIP panel, back to the article, 
voted unanimously 15 to 0 for the CDC to recommend, which is not enforceable, by the way, recommend that children get the COVID-19 vaccines, which aren't vaccines, and boosters, which aren't boosters. Well, I added the part of which they aren't. This is the COVID-19 vaccines and boosters. Okay. The CDC is now almost certain to add the COVID shots to its childhood vaccine schedule in about tomorrow, which would be about today. We'll find out later. Schools often rely upon the school to mandate vaccines in order to attend public school. So the advisory committee advises, the CDC schedules, and the schools themselves mandate. So where is this fight? It's with your schools. You're not going to fight the CDC, and you're not going to fight the advisory committee because they have no power. You don't fight them. You go to your school boards. You go to your school boards, and you say, take away your vaccine schedule. It's not your job. These aren't kids. There are kids. And if parents are worried about somebody who's not, quote, vaccinated, they can vaccinate their kids. And if that doesn't work, that means that the vaccines themselves don't work. And if they don't work, there's no point in getting them anyway. So there's no reason for a vaccine mandate in the schools. Let me run that by you one more time. The parents that decide their kids don't need it, are they risking the disease? Whatever the disease is, they're, they're quote, not vaccinated for? Ah, I, sure. But we have an immune system, okay? And here's the thing, too. We have treatments for disease. So rather than incur the danger of taking a, quote, vaccine that's going to cause most likely more harm than good for a disease that you may or may not get, most likely won't get because we don't really have it around here. Oh, the vaccines cured the disease. No, they didn't. Immune systems cured these diseases. Herd immunity cured these diseases. The people that were immune to them stopped the disease from spreading. So therefore, the more people who became immune to these diseases, the less the disease would spread. That's what got rid of polio. 95% of polio was gone before the, quote, vaccine. And that's usually how it works with most of the diseases. The people that are extremely vulnerable are probably going to get it with or without a vaccine because I don't think the vaccines work as they were intended. The traditional ones, very possibly. Although I had a, a measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and I got the mumps, so that didn't work. You know, um, had, my daughter got uh, chickenpox, and the doctor gave me uh, um, something to take for a couple of weeks to make sure I didn't get it. I did get it. <laughs> I got chickenpox at like forty. Not healthy. No, that was not fun. Um, but the thing was, I, I read the incubation for for chickenpox in three weeks. So I had a doctor give me something for two weeks. He should have given it to me for three weeks because that was the incubation period. So chickenpox had a whole week without whatever this drug was to, uh, to infect me. And guess what? I got chickenpox. I'm still here. Adult survivor of chickenpox. Yep. Live to tell about it. Got a few scars, but that's okay. That's what life's all about. <sighs> Let me go back to the scenario. So the log- there is no logic for mandating vaccines in schools. Okay. Again, I'll say it. If the parents choose not to, that means the, the, the parents are, are going on their kid's immune system and their health, nutrition, exercise, all those things. Most kids don't get diseases because they're young and healthy. They have good immune systems that build rapidly when exposed to other kids. That's how it works. Your immune system gets exercised. So the more kids that are exposed to the more kids, the healthier their immune systems. But we all get colds. I got a slight cold now. I got a great immune system. Why? Because viruses change every year. So your body adapts to it. That's what an immune system is. An immune system has to constantly adapt to new viruses. So whatever virus is going around now, floating in the air, all the people that I'm exposed to on a daily basis, yeah, I got a bit of a cold. It'll last, what, a few more hours? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's already gone away. Um, but that's how an immune system works. Right? So for the parents that have kids with immune systems or they want to uh, go on that or on the rare chance that somebody actually gets one of these horrible diseases, they're going to treat it. And we do have treatment. 
And we do have cures. I guess doctors say treatments. I can say cures, okay? So even if you get these diseases, we have treatments and cures. And if we don't, we better have a lot more. We better be working on the treatments and cures because, you know, it's, it's much better to not give everybody a jab for something they probably won't get than on those rare cases when someone does get it, let's get the treatments and cures and get them early. COVID can be treated early. We know that. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, we've been over this for over two years. So we know how this works. It's not a big deal. So early treatments work. So if you get COVID, you get early treatment, and you get rid of COVID, except in rare cases where it actually, I mean, it is fatal you know, to certain people. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but so is the flu and far more. You know, falls are fatal to old people. Now that we've got flesh-eating bacteria in uh, the Hurricane Ian places because the warm water from the storm surge is breeding flesh-eating bacteria. So if you're injured or you step on a nail or some horrible thing happens where you have any kind of opening of your skin to the flesh-eating bacteria, it can invade you. Uh, should, we, should we now, um, you know, quote, develop a new vaccine for the entire nation for flesh-eating bacteria? No. We know where it is. We know what causes it. We know, and we have treatments. Get treatment early. I'm telling you right now. Get treatment early. You know, but that's how it works. So the whole idea of vaccines completely negates the fact that we have treatments and cures and immune systems. So parents that decide that they don't want their kids to, to uh, take these shots, great, no problem, okay? The parents that do want, that are worried about these diseases and do think that vaccines, even though they're not vaccines, are a good idea, go ahead as long as you're fully informed because if the vaccines work, as I said before, if the vaccines work, you know, the parents that want to, quote, protect their kids can get the shots. And then they're protected, right? So it doesn't matter what the, the, the quote, unvac- the non-vaccinated kids, it doesn't matter what they do or don't do. It doesn't matter. Because if your kid is vaccinated and it works, you've got nothing to worry about, right? That's, that's what they claim. However, as I said again, I'll repeat this, just I want to make this really clear to everybody, okay? If these shots don't work, which is what I suspect, and I know it doesn't work for COVID because everybody who gets the shot seems to get COVID. Shot, well, Judy Mikevitz said that. The shots give you COVID. I mean, there's, there's COVID in the shot. It, it, it's a marketing scheme, okay? COVID is the greatest marketing, medical marketing program in world history because they mandate you buy the product. <laughs> and you buy it through your tax dollars. You don't, so they even mandated uh, a way to give you the product, have you pay for it, not know you're paying for it because it comes out of tax dollars. So again, for the record, if these shots do not work, as I suspect, okay, then giving your kid one will make no difference or extremely little difference to whether your kid gets one of these uh, childhood diseases or not. So, in that, so for both those reasons, the parents that choose not to give the shot and the parents to give, to give the, shot, the shot, there's no reason for, for mandating it. Because if, if it works, then the kids who get it are protected. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. They're, they're you know, probably in worse shape than the kids that didn't get the shot. But either way, there's no reason to mandate these shots. So go to your school boards. Stop this nonsense right now. That's where it is. This is a fight in the school boards and with the principals, and with the administrators, and the director or superintendents of schools. That's where this fight is. This is an individual fight at the local level, which is actually good, because the federal government has no power over, over this. They know it. That's why they make advisories. But the fact is, people take the advisories as mandates, and they tell you that, oh, we're mandated to do this by the CDC. You can't be. You can't be mandated to do this by the CDC, because the CDC has no power. If this were, were um, a regulatory committee, or a, or a mandate committee, they would have said so. They say advisory committee. All right, so give me some advice. Well, we think you should take it. Oh, yeah, I think your advice is wrong. End of story. Bingo. That's what it means to be in a free country. Here's the point that Kyle's making that I was making earlier. Not a single, he misspelled it too, it's kind of funny. Not a single one of the ACIP panel members voiced their objection to the controversial measure. 
And I say, that's impossible. It's impossible to have people in lockstep that much with no objection. Now, I, I can understand them voting 15 to 0. Uh, I still think that's wrong. I, I don't believe that's possible either. But, you know, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's possible, but it's not likely. But the idea that no one had an objection or a question of any kind, that is impossible. You, couldn't, you shouldn't be on that panel if you have no questions. What, what's the whole panel for? They're advising. Well, it, so your advice is, you know, just march in lockstep with everybody else? That's not advice. That's conformity. You know, anyway, that's tyranny. Anyway, so Kyle Becker actually has a tweet. He says, the CDC's HCIP panel votes 15 to 0 to recommend COVID shots be added to the childhood vaccination schedule. Yeah, anyway, so he says, no, no. Yeah, the vote was unanimous. Okay, here we go. So this is back to the article. The CDC earlier opened up its scheduled vote for public comment and received fierce blowback. Boy, isn't that interesting? In fact, I have another article on that from Kyle Becker earlier. I'll probably get to that one here soon, too. The CDC earlier opened up a scheduled vote for public comment, and the public said no. So what's the point of public comment if they're going to say no anyway, if they're going to ignore it? What's well, not public comment, then? It's just it's public fluff. So you can comment all you want. They're not going to read it. They've already made the decision. They made the decision, you know, whatever Big Pharma told them. I'm sure Big Pharma funds this committee. Well, that'd be something to find out. I need an investigative reporter. <laughs> I need several investigative reporters. Let's find out. If I had to write that down right now. Who funds? Who funds? The AC. Is it the AC? I can never remember. I'm, God, I'm so, I don't know if I'm dyslexic or just weird. ACIP. Let's, let's go to our web. Let's find out. This, this is live radio. I love doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry. You know, indulge my curiosities. Who funds? Who funds the advisory committee? Committee uh, on what is it? Advisory committee um, on immunization practices. On. Oh, I wish I could type faster. I have to reach around my microphone. Immunization practices. Fortunately, I can type well. All right, let's see what we got here now. Who funds? Who funds them? Uh, oh, here we go. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. This is just from the, uh, my web search. Uh, from the CDC. Well, this is a reliable source. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is a group of medical and public health experts. Also, no, that's their problem. Okay, the, the government experts, right? So the minute they say government expert, that's what Dr. Fauci is, right? Dr. Fascist. He's a government expert. Yeah, he's, he's also dangerous. He's the most dangerous man on the planet right now. Uh, experts that develop recommendations on how to use vaccines to control diseases in the United States. Skip directly to this. Well, obviously, they're not controlling the disease because it's still here. Well, I guess you goofed on that one. Who funds them? Doesn't say. Okay, we got a bunch of different things here. Huh? Advisory of vaccines. Nope, 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 no funding. Funding, funding. They're not going to tell me, are they? <laughs> this is fascinating. Advisory uh, committee. Yeah, it's like the same parroted stuff. I got, through. I got about 20 sources I've just read through. They all are saying exactly the same thing. They're telling you who they are, what they are, and that they voted unanimously to jab kids with things they don't need and are probably dangerous to them. Uh, okay. Uh, huh, huh, huh. Funding? Nope. Nobody knows. No one's going to tell me who's funding them. Oh, it's probably Big Pharma. <laughs> I'll just go on a limb. You know, uh, it's got to be Big Pharma because otherwise they tell you. Big Pharma funds the FDA. Why do you think the FDA agrees with Big Pharma all the time? Because they fund them. And then the executives end up working for them. You know, the guy that used to run the, the Food and Drug Administration, he's working for Pfizer now. Gee, what a surprise. See, I would make a bill to outlaw. If you regulate, if you, above a certain level of management, 
you know, I would say like a basic supervisory level. If you are a supervisor all the way up to the head of a regulatory agency, you can never work in that industry. Never. You work in another industry, but of course you don't have the connections, right? So, so that's how you do it. So you can't make sweetheart deals in advance with the industry that you're regulating to get yourself a really fat paying job after you stop regulating or non-regulating them, uh, you know, while you're in government. So in other words, if you're chair of the FDA, you can never work for a food or a drug company, period. Go work in oil, <laughs> you know, go, 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 go make, uh, you know, cotton shirts, <laughs> you know, make something else. Go, go work for a coffee company. No, that's food. I'm sorry. That wouldn't work. Yeah. So, so no food, no drugs. And I don't think that's a problem. You know, well, you're taking the rights away from, from people to uh, gainfully employ themselves. No, we're preserving the nation from people that ha- can't regulate and then work in the industry they regulated. That's what we call a conflict of interest. Okay? So if you like that, Bill, give me a call or text something into my um, live link and say, hey, Craig, that's an interesting idea. We'll work on that later. All right. Scroll down the article. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, ACIP's decision to add the COVID shots is based on hidden data and in defiance of the minute COVID risk factors for healthy children. Hidden data. Okay. So not only are they all voting unanimously, they're doing it on hidden data because the data, the data, all the data I've seen says that the kids don't need COVID shots because COVID doesn't affect kids that much. Oh, rarely. I mean, have kids died of COVID? Yeah, but they also had uh, severe uh, impairments to their health to begin with. You know, normal healthy children don't die of COVID. You know, it's like a cold. As we said all along, it's, it's basically, it's, it's like a flu bug. Coronavi- coronaviruses, corona is the outside of the cell. The sun's corona, okay? That's where the word comes from. Not corona beer, that's a whole different story, which I like, by the way. Um, anyway, so a coronavirus, colds, flus, and uh, apparently uh, COVIDs are all in the same family. Isn't that a surprise? <laughs> you know, pretty soon you're going to get a COVID flu combined shot. That's only a matter of time. No, I'm not giving them ideas. Trust me, they're already working on it. <laughs> they just haven't told you yet. All right, so ACIP's decision to add the COVID shots is based on hidden data and in defiance of the minute COVID risk factors for healthy children, particularly for healthy children who have a natural immunity due to a prior infection. In the United, this is from the article. In the United States, there is near universal antibody seroprevalence. S-E-R-O-P-R-E-V-A-L-E-N-C-E. Seroprevalence. Seroprevalence. I just learned a new word, right? Due to prior infection. The COVID shots have a known adverse, have known adverse events. Yeah, people die. Did you hear about that? Uh, I was watching um, the real Dr. Fauci, uh, the the special by um, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who runs uh, Children's Health Defense. And they have an article, they have an um, um, internet magazine called The Defender. I know it because I, I try publishing articles online on, on social media and you can't. So anytime I have an article from The Defender, I say, well, you can't get this on social media. So you got to go directly to it. But uh, they were talking about um, how uh, he told uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. told Hank Aaron, do not get the jab. Do not take it. And Hank Aaron was like, uh, oh, I've, I've got to do this. You know, and, and he says, I will show people it's safe and effective. I'll show people it's healthy. You know, you should get the jab. And he's, he's on camera and he's on video getting the jab and he's dead 17 days later. He was one of the first people I noticed of the celebrities who died of the COVID jab. Also, Marvin Hagler, a famous boxer, died after his COVID jab. Uh, and there was another person, Larry King, the radio guy, on forever, survived several heart attacks and heart operations and everything else. Died after his COVID jab. Now, am I saying he died from the COVID jab? I'm pretty well convinced they did, but I can't prove it. You know, so I'll say they died after their COVID jab. 
Well, you tell me. Is that a coincidence or is that uh, cause and effect? Seems to me cause and effect. I think Brian Sicknick, the uh, Capitol Hill police officer who died after January 6th, died of a COVID shot. Well, how do you know, Greg? Well, because the Capitol Hill police, the Capitol Hill folks, got the COVID jab first in mid-December. So he'd already had it three weeks previously. Well, that seems to be the pattern for those that die immediately. They either die right after the shot, you know, within hours. They die within a few weeks. They die within a few months. Or we don't know about years yet because it hasn't been that long. But this is what's going on. We continue with the article. As Dr. Marty McCary, M-A-K-A-R-Y, a Johns Hopkins medical professor, recently said on Tucker Carlson's show about the childhood COVID vax vote, quote, there has never been a vaccine added to the child immunization schedule without solid clinical evidence that reduces disease significantly in that community. The COVID vaccine in children will be the first. It will be added with no clinical data. And many of us are saying, hey, let's see the data. We're basically told, stop asking questions. And that's a quote. That's a quote from Dr. Marty McCurry, uh from Tucker Carlson Show, which you can go to Tucker Carlson Show. You know, go to YouTube. You know, go go do the research. It's there. I'm sure it's, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw I saw the original. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I remember this one. But yeah. So now they're adding vaccines. So this is this is profit. This is a this is a medical fascist holocaust. Okay, Greg, why do you say that? I'm, I'm kind of channeling Rush Limbaugh. You know, and uh, a great admirer, a great fan of Rush's. But he would say, "Well, Rush, how do you how do you know that? You know, well, Greg. <laughs> so I got to give credit where credit's due, right? So this is this is credit for Rush." Uh, well, Greg, you know, what makes you say <laughs> the, all these things you say? Well, it's pretty simple because um, I ask the questions and I know this show gets, gets routinely in fact, it's censored every day. Why do you think the show hasn't gone viral? Because we're censored every day by big tech. Why? Because I wrote a bill in February of 2020 that said that only half the money should go to vaccines. The other half should go to early treatments. February of 2020, folks, that's, that was three weeks before 15 days to slow the spread before we even really knew what COVID was, but I already knew that Fauci was evil. And that's why I said, I wrote this bill. Did it get anywhere? No, because everybody was still in the beginning stages of mass psychosis. They're still in it. A lot of people are. The other one's getting the COVID shots. Those of us that know better don't. <laughs> you know? So again, the, the rebels are surviving and the, and the, the conformists are, are getting uh, jabs. Sorry. You know, it pays to resist your government. What happened to question authority? Where are all the 60s people? Well, they're not giving everybody else COVID jabs. That's where they are. Okay, so basically told stop asking questions. I'll continue with the article. The CDC's panel vote also comes amidst the Moderna CEO admitting that COVID is now essentially, quote, like the flu. Well, we've been saying that for years, right? There are no mandatory annual childhood flu vaccinations, and COVID was never more of a risk to healthy young children than the seasonal flu. Let me say that again. COVID, here we go, there are no mandatory annual childhood flu vaccinations, and COVID was never more of a risk to healthy young children than the seasonal flu. Y'all got that? So if you survive flu, like I did, I used to get the flu when I was a kid. Don't get any more. Also, don't get flu shots. You know, all my friends that get flu shots get the flu. Why? Because the flu is in the flu shot. See, this is how the marketing works. This is why I say this is a medical Holocaust fascist uh, enterprise. You got the government corporate merger. You got big pharma merging with big government health. That's fascism. Whenever the corporations and the governments combine together, you know, to do really mandatory stuff, that's fascism. That's what it is. Corporate government control of everything. Okay. So how do they control it? Well, they create a, a, a product 
that guarantees the sale of more of the product. Well, how do they do that? Well, they give you, they call it a vaccine, but it actually is a disease transmission device. So COVID shots transmit COVID. We know that because everybody that gets the COVID shot, the more shots they get, the more COVID they get. Well, where are they getting it from? You know, if they had an immune system, if the vaccines work, they wouldn't be getting it from, from uh, after all these shots. So the vaccines are a COVID transmission device. Flu, quote, vaccines are a flu transmission device that weakens your immune system, which guarantees you're going to get more flu, which guarantees you're going to think you need more flu shots. This is why the flu shots are stronger. They're more, more potent, more stuff in them. Well, that reduces your immune system further, subjecting you to more flu shots, which makes them sell more vaccines, which aren't vaccines. See how this works? So if you think of these vaccines as, as disease transmission devices, why would you buy some, uh, something that's going to give you the very thing you're trying to prevent? That's irrational. That makes no sense, yet that's how this works. So the propaganda works that they call it a vaccine. You take the vaccine thinking it's preventing something that it's actually causing, and when you get it, you think, oh, no, I need more of the vaccine. So you get more of the stuff that gave you the disease thinking it's going to prevent it in the future, but it doesn't, and you get the disease again. Can't you see the pattern? This is how this works. I find it all quite fascinating. And, and uh, you know, it's amazing that f- I, I th- fear turns your brain off. It really, fear turns your brain off. So stop being afraid and start looking at the facts. I knew this way back when. I declared, and we declared on our show, March 2nd. You can look it up. Go back to our March 2nd, 2020 show. Uh, it was chloroquine, which I called chloroquine then because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I want to stop chloroquine. You know, we got this study out of, oh, we had the study out of Nancy France. Yes, I do my, uh, my Jacques, uh, uh, what's his name, Clouseau impression. Yes, so we went to Nancy France, and we got Dr. Didier Raoult, who told us about chloroquine, which kills COVID. Well, it's true. He had a, he had a study. And, oh, we say doctors, let's say treated COVID right. successfully. That, that means the same thing as cured to me. Anyway, so, so, the, so uh, Dr. Didier Raoult, and then I learned of Dr. Zelenko, and then I was fortunate enough to have a friend who knows him, um, and got him on the show with me. Wow, <laughs> what a coup that was. That was great. You know, I mean, the people I've been able to talk to, I, you know, God bless all the folks that come on the show who uh, tell me things they tell me, who have reached the position they've reached in life by being courageous and being daring and just uh, ask questions. That's what we do here. We ask questions. The difference is we write bills to solve those problems. I'll get to that in just a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of saving something for you. <sighs> Back to the article. As pointed out by Robert Kennedy Jr., who I quote often here, who runs the Children's Health Defense and who has a track record of opposing various vaccines, the real agenda at play here is to ensure big pharma can never be sued over the COVID shots. And, he says, and this is a tweet from Kate. Not sure who Kate is. Kate talks truth. CDC is trying to quietly include a vote to add the messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccine to the annual childhood immunization schedule. The vote takes place in two days on October 19th. Of course, this is a few days old. Here's why that matters. And then there's a video that apparently you can't see anymore because it's been canceled. So that's the thing. So I guess once it's on the mandatory schedule, there's something about liability prevention. Well, they're not liable anyway. So then the question comes, how do you make them liable? Well, it's actually rather easy. We have a bill to that effect, which I'll tell you about in just a second. So then, here's, let me see where we got this quote from. So this is a Robert Kennedy quote, just to make sure I get the right person here. He says, so they are never going to market a vaccine, allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Kennedy Jr. said in a clip on Michaela Peterson's podcast, and then he said, and now the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PREP Act, that's the P-R-E-P, PREP Act, and the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S Act, so long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, 
Now you can sue them unless they can get it recommended for children because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get it liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going for the kids. So there you go. There's the, there's the golden key that unlocks the door of, of knowledge. They're doing it for the kids so they can get liability protection. So then that raises the question. So why are they so afraid of liability um, with their COVID shots? Easy. They don't friggin' work. <laughs> you know, people are getting injured and killed by them. If the product really was safe and effective, then liability for your safe and effective product would be no problem because it would be safe and effective. The fact that they have immunity from liability proves that they know it's not safe and effective. They've always known it's not safe and effective. And yet they're pushing it on us anyway. Why? Because it makes money. So why did the government do that? What's, what's the government's interest in that? Well, back in 1976, you know, the, the Dole, uh, I forgot who else act, but the Dole something act um, allowed government people to make money off their inventions and their patents. Guess what happened then? <laughs> you know, Dr. Fascist and all these folks started licensing and patenting uh, medicines they came up with. I mean, there's a big fight right now between the NIH and Moderna, NIH, a government agency, and Moderna, a private company, over who gets the royalties to the COVID shots. <laughs> well, how can that happen? Government people are not supposed to be making a profit off what they regulate. If they want to go invent, go work for private industry. If you want to regulate, stay in government. But I don't want big pharma acting as a government, and I don't want big government acting as a private corporation. You've got to separate those two. There's another bill, by the way. So just to let you know, <laughs> you know, my end of this, I made a comment. And apparently it's got a like, which is not a lot, but there's not a lot of comments here, too. Kyle Becker needs bigger circulation. Yeah, I'm working on that, too, by the way. So my comment was, if you want to stop this, you have to get our action radio citizen legislation into the national media the public debate, and then advocate it to Congress until it's passed. This bill, written by regular Americans, well, I wrote most of it, but you guys commented, so we're all, we're all kind of included, right? We'll put full product liability back on vaccine makers. It will revoke the declaration of emergency, and it will protect those who file product liability lawsuits. Here is the bill. Please share. Now, the fact that I wrote this bill, uh, and I have a lot of comments from you folks to help it better, this should be national news. Okay. Now, I was on, to be, to be fair, I was on with Emma Robinson of Lindell TV talking about this specific bill. It has got national coverage, but it needs a whole lot more national coverage. This bill needs to go viral. Okay. And where you find it, you can get it from the comments from Kyle Becker's uh, website, or you can go to writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, write your law. The keyboard is write, W-R-I-T-E then Y-O-U-R, then L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. Go click on legislation on the menu bar and click three uh, clicks down to all proposed laws, and you'll find the, the Vaccine Manufacturer Product Liability Restoration Act of 2021. So I wrote it back in March. So we're now October of 2022, so that's uh, almost a year and a half. That's how long this bill's been around. Have you heard about it? Probably not. Why? Because it hasn't gone viral. Why hasn't it gone viral? Because I'm totally suppressed by Big Pharma. Why? Because they don't want this bill out there because they know Congress will never write it. They've already bought Congress. They've paid all the money to buy Congress. So why would they uh, – what's, what's it to, to censor me? It's easy. 
They just totally suppress me, and, and, I, and this thing won't go viral. It should. In a free society, this bill would have been viral. It would be part of the debate. It would be part of the campaign for the midterms, and every candidate would be polled on it, and every candidate would be asked about it. What do you do? Where, where do you stand on vaccine product liability restoration? If we had a free country, that's where we'd be. The fact is, that's not where we are. It means we don't have a free country. I'll tell you right now, we don't have a free country. We don't have a free press. Oh, they'd be writing about this. This is earth-shattering. This is a major bill. This is a bill that can go viral worldwide. Still waiting, hoping. <laughs> you know, I mean, all I can do is write them and, and uh, get them on the show, and all, and all you folks can do is share them as much as possible. But you have to make this bill go viral. You have to. Otherwise, you're never going to get product liability. You're never going to get it out of Congress. They're not going to do it. The states don't seem too willing to do it either. The local governments, it doesn't matter. They, don't, they can't regulate uh, you know, pharma, but it can be done at the state level. Oh, I have some new connections at the state level, by the way. We'll be talking. We'll be talking. You know, I'm in Florida here. And we already have uh, Surgeon General uh, Joseph uh, Latipo, uh, who I'm hoping to get on the show. And there's a good chance we are, actually. So I got some good news on that. So we'll uh, let you know when I have the details. Uh, but I'm going to talk to him about this. And I'll talk to him about our other bill, uh, even though it's not directly related to what he does, which is our Section 230 uh, amendments, which take away the power of big, uh, big tech to censor. So we've got this covered. We've got the solutions here. We've had the solutions for years. We just need you people to share them. Okay? So the more you people share our solutions, that we come up here with regular people that aren't influenced by the money of big pharma or big tech, that don't have a government job that we have to maintain, that don't have a corporate job that depends on us holding a particular position. You know, there's regular people with clear minds doing what is in the best interest of all the other American people. And if you don't like it, tell us. You don't think this bill works? That's fine. I understand. You know, you can tell me. And then don't, then don't share it. You don't like it? Don't share it. I don't care. If you like Big Pharma, you think they're doing a great job? Yeah. You don't think they need regulation? Even though your local donut shop has more regulations than Big Pharma? Fine. You're free to think that. I think you're wrong. But you're free to think that. So let me just read the rationale here. This is right from my bill. Currently, vaccine manufacturers enjoy complete immunity from any product liability, civil suit against any vaccine they manufacture, distribute, advertise, market, or benefit from because of any government program or action. This is insane. No other product has this blanket immunity. If vaccines are completely safe, then there should be minimal injuries and deaths. No product is perfect. And being subject to product liability laws and lawsuits should pose no significant burden. However, granting absolute immunity encourages complete recklessness and negligence, if not criminal conspiracy, to produce known dangerous products without the possibility of any legal or financial consequences, regardless of the rate of injury, severity of injury, or loss of life. That crime has to be redressed immediately. This act reverses current law and puts full product liability for vaccines where it belongs on the manufacturers of those vaccines. That's my rationale. You like it? I like it too. Go check out the bill. I'll keep the bill handy here because you never know. that uh, Some folks might want to uh, uh, talk more about this later. Third hour. Second hour, we've got uh, Marin Montez is going to join us. Right now, I'm going to play a few things because I need a break. <laughs> I just talked for an hour. You try it sometime. Uh, I had no idea I was going to do that, but I did. So let's do that. Let me play some things and we'll be back with our guest. Uh, in a little bit. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. 
Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. My Pillow Pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Action Radio part of the ADHD radio network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Okay, I've had a break, and since my uh, my guest called in earlier, we're going to get right uh, right to her. As our guest of the day is Marin Montez. So I want to welcome her to the show as our newest 
citizen legislator. We're going to talk about a bill um, to put cameras in the classrooms. And we haven't talked a whole lot. Uh, I don't know the story. We're going to hear it fresh here. I like to do that. That way you don't get the, the rehearsed version. Um, but uh, anybody that, uh, that has the gumption to come on the show and talk about a bill and take a stand and, and do something uh, that really helps people, uh, I'm, you're on my show. And if you want to write a bill on the air, then that's fine with me. So let's bring on Marin Montez. Uh, hey, birthday girl. <laughs> you hey, good morning. Happy birthday to you as well yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, so folks don't know, we both we share the same birthday, uh, which means we probably, I don't know if the planets were aligning, because we're born on different years, but it would be interesting to, uh, to chat. I'm getting a little background noise from your line. I don't know if there's a, you hear a little static or something's going on. Is Just that better? That's better. Okay. Yeah, whatever you did, Perfect. keep that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I had this this new headset that I bought, and uh-huh. um, yeah, it's not working very well. <laughs> oh, well, we have Direct Connect, by the way. So next time you come on, and obviously, I, I know I want you on, you know, a lot of times. You know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, a report and things like that. But we have this thing, Direct Connect. So what I do is I send you a, an invite by email, and that's how you log in. And so you can plug your okay. headset directly. Do you have a microphone too? Well, it's, it, it works well, I guess, when I'm talking regularly, but I guess not today. So I don't oh. know, but we can figure that out for next time but, for sure. So it's all right. See, they're censoring us already. We haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm used to it. I'm always like in Facebook jail, story of my life, you know. Yeah. So, well, see, I call Facebook my life jail. See, I call it What's Facebook that? political. I call it Facebook political prisoner, and the reason I call it that is because we didn't do anything wrong. So it's not that no, we're absolutely. See, see, Think how the mind works, right? So I'm, I'm very into words, and you know, as you heard my my promo, my I call it my surf promo, that has all our cliches in one place. <laughs> That's why I made it that way. Um, you know, especially the ADHD, the ADHD radio network. Most people miss that, but uh, you know that's that's how I feel. So, 15 topics at once, no problem. Throw them at me. I can handle it. You know, I'm used to it. Exactly. Uh, that's how my brain works as well. Oh, good. You're in the right place. That's yeah, wonderful. I know. I was like, he is my he is my person. When I'm listening to this, I'm like, he's long winded like me. He just tells yep. it how it is. So yep. this is going to be good. Okay, well, tell it like it is. Let's uh, let's find out about you. Uh, a couple things uh, um, from from uh, that, I, that I got you your, your Facebook page. Um, you were did you work in NASA? Were you with NASA? Did you want to be an astronaut? What, what's what's the story there? <laughs> no, I did not want to be an astronaut. I actually worked with my father in the summers because I used to be an educator, and in the summers. We uh-huh. had a program for high school students. It was called the SHARP program. I cannot remember for the life of me what that acronym stands for now. I think it's been over 20 years. But what we did uh-huh. is we ran this program for high school students. It was a mentorship program. Okay. And they were they each had a mentor. And then at the end of the summer, we would invite their family member, their principal, their mm. assistant principal, and they would watch um, everything that they, the children had learned over the summer. And it was a great, like, PowerPoint presentation. It was just a really good program. And then that that got cut many, many years ago. Well, you talk as fast as I do. This is great. And those of you that can't keep yeah. up, just listen, just listen faster. Okay? Yeah, That's I what like, I tell I people. Just slow down. Sure. No, yeah. no, 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 you're doing fine. I can, I can, I can listen at your speed. <laughs> and this is what I tell people too. They say, you talk too fast, especially down when I first came yeah. to uh, Florida here five years ago uh, in radio. Now you talk too fast. You got to slow down. We just don't talk that fast here. And I said, well, why don't you just listen faster? And I got a really bad reaction <laughs> to saying that. So you can probably imagine. Anyway, so sarcasm is my life. Um, what you described sounded like space camp. Well, it's a little different, but, I, you know, they got to blow stuff up, and they were allowed to go see sea turtles, and they weren't allowed to ride in the helicopters, though. That was against the, uh, one of the rules for the actual program. I, I, I don't know, wanna, but it is I want to fly is. the helicopter. You know, it would have been a lot more of a hands-on experience for sure. Yeah. 
but it was still a really good program run by NASA. Mm-hmm. See, I like NASA. Uh, I think they got uh, off track, uh, especially during the Obama administration and during the, the Reagan administration, where it became uh, you know, a cool thing for teachers to go up in space, and they, they took the professionals out of it. And as mm-hmm. someone who was uh, um, you know, a flight instructor for years, you know, I, I, you know, there, there are right ways and wrong ways to do things. In fact, I'm, in, I'm renewing my, my flight instructor certificate right now, so I have this online course, which I have to get back to after the show. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but this, but it's, it's, you, know, you take professionals out, and you've got a problem. I mean, you, know, you need test pilots and astronauts. You need proper people to do that. That's not a safe thing to do. But I love it, but I love what they do. And we need to get back in space. We need to explore more. And there's just all uh, – there's so many things out there. As, as Carl Sagan used to say, billions and billions of stars in the sky. <clears throat> If I may channel Carl. Did you ever see the show? No, I did not. Oh, before your time? I guess during well, my time. Well, I don't think it was before my time. I just never saw it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get, you're, you also work with a publisher, too, which is interesting Yeah, me, I actually, I do. Yeah. Re, yeah, Rebecca Harrison. She's out of Canada. I got, oh. I got the opportunity to be a part of her three-book series. It was a family tree series. Mm-hmm. And I was part of the last book, which was Empowering Stories of Mother-Son Relationships. And um, my firstborn son was actually stillborn at 40 weeks, so right there at my due date. And I got to talk about that. It was very therapeutic, but I'll be honest with you. Since the book came out, I've never read my finalized version because it was just just too tough. Um, I had to go to a a different place mentally to even write that and do the back and forth with the editing. But I also talk about my living son in there as well. So it's Mm -hmm. not all just sad. It is um, also very – it's to give other mothers hope because we do know that infant loss and stillborns at birth and traumatic experiences isn't very publicized because we – and so I just felt like I got the opportunity to be a part of this, and I mm-hmm. loved it. I wish I would have been able to be on the mother-daughter one as well, but it's okay. I plan on doing more work and writing in the future, and I'm excited about that, but I have to wait for life to slow down. When you have younger children who – need you when you're their taxi while you're taking them to school, sports, tutoring, birthday parties, all of that. That leaves very little time for me now that I'm a single mom of two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I understand completely. I, uh, you know, I was a weak dad, but, uh, you know, my weekends when my daughter was growing up were completely devoted to her. And so we traveled. Mm-hmm. We, we were in the San Francisco Bay Area. We were all over the place. And touring San Francisco in those days was like touring the world because all, all these different neighborhoods. You know, we'd go to the Armenian neighborhood, you know, where Rice Aroni came from, came from San Francisco. They called this, you know, literally, but it came from Armenians. Okay. So we have an Armenian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Let's go. This is great. You know? And so we had, uh, we had, uh, the Latina, na- Latino neighborhood, uh, you know, so we had all these folks, but it's central and South America restaurants all over the mission district. So we go all over there and try those places. And we saw the murals on the walls and it was just, it was a fascinating thing to do. Um, if you want to talk about it sometime, I'm more than happy to give you the time, but uh, okay. don't rush. Sounds good. You know, so it's, it's really up to you. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, um, well, let me ask you, this is a little, eh, it's a little off topic, maybe not. So, you know, as always, it's your choice whether you want to engage in any particular subject. But I just spent the first hour just wailing against yes. those shots. Yes, Did I'm you like, hear how that? am I going to follow this first hour because <laughs> you are speaking my language? But, okay. you know, that's a whole nother time for me to be on. That's not a <laughs> – so, but I will say, like <laughs> – um, I was actually at Chuck E. Cheese last night when I heard the vote of the 15 to 0 from the CDC, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No, I so. think it's very much lockstep, bribe. They've, they've got their clones. They've got their minions. They're doing their bidding. Mm-hmm. They've got their, uh, you know, their communist committee, and they, uh, they're told what to do, and they do it, and they did it very well. Mm-hmm. You know, they followed orders. 
Yeah, if you yeah, vote this way, and this is the way it's going to be. Sorry to my German yeah. friends in the audience. <laughs> you know, we have listeners. You know, we do. We have listeners all over the world. Hey, Communist China listens well, to that's us too. Good. You know, they blocked us in Taiwan, but uh, you know Beijing listens. I know they do. I got a call from Beijing. You know, uh, a year oh, into the okay. show. So, so they blocked you. So you know you're doing something right. Well, so, well, we we are so censored. You'll be amazed when you when you publish the show, you know, and you share it on on various social media. You will mm-hmm. find that uh, there is a block like you wouldn't believe. Well, I came out March second, yeah. twenty twenty. You know, said that uh, you know the gov- the government policy is a hoax. You don't need vaccines. We've got early <laughs> treatments. You know, guess what happened to me the next day? <laughs> Not right. And it's, yeah. It's still happening. Okay. So let's. Uh, so we got publishing covered. We got this covered. Um, you want to write a bill? So let's kind of get into that. Tell me the. Take all the time you want. Tell me the story, okay. what, what you want to do, how it came about, all the whys and wherefores, and just uh, and I'll write down some impossible questions for you to answer after that. Okay, okay sounds good. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think I stated in the beginning that I used to be an educator. And what happened in order for me to get this? Well, first off, when I was uh, a teacher in North Carolina, I'm from Florida originally, and I had an instance in my classroom where I had a child that could become very violent, um, and I was punched in the jaw. And with that being said, I was, I was talking, we need cameras in the classrooms back then. When, when was then? Can, Can you give me a time? This was 2007. Yeah, okay. this was 2007. I didn't, start, I didn't start advocating for cameras. It was just like talk. Like I would have loved cameras in the classroom. I was injured. I already had jaw procedures, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and the kid got an hour and 10 minutes in ISS. Okay. With I don't ISS. know. It, whatever. With in that. school suspension school suspension so that was back in 2007 and I remember talking to some other teachers and it's like you know certain things but nothing as opposed to what I'm dealing with today so let's let's go back to 2018 I had been gone um, from Florida for 13 years moved away and I had just moved back I had been a stay-at-home mom my plan was to go back to full-time teaching when my daughter went to kindergarten so in 2018 my daughter was in in a full-time preschool program and my son also attended that school. Well, I wasn't ready to go back to teaching full-time yet, so I decided to substitute. I could only substitute at the school where my children were going because I had, my parents were working. My ex-husband worked out of town. I had nobody to take my kids to and from school. I was it. So I was only able to substitute at this one particular school. Government and I school? just wanted to be – This is a local government yes. school? Yes. Okay. Yes. And just okay. to be clear in reference to – Um, me trying to get a bill um, presented, passed, and implemented. I am wanting to fight for cameras in all classrooms where children cannot self-report. Because if there would have been cameras in this classroom with audio, in the situation and circumstance I was in, I would not be battling this ongoing lawsuit for over three and a half, like three and a half years now. Um, And with that being said, I just want to talk a little bit about it, but I don't want to elaborate too much because uh, the parents of the children with autism, they have filed a federal lawsuit against Mm -hmm. our school board, our school district, and the teacher who abused their children in federal court. And if it goes to trial, of course, I'm basically their number one witness. So my And this will be a word, too. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'll What's caution that? you too as well. And this this will be a record. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying now is public. It's going to be on the record. It can yeah. be used. So yeah. well, I give you the same what, caution. What you know, I'm I give everybody. Is in the don't say what you can't say. Too. Yeah. Go ahead. Right, right. I, I I want to keep names out of it, school name mm-hmm. out of it. That's yep. not the important thing. The important thing is I really want 
this bill passed. And I've talked with local legislators here, and I'm just going to keep their names out of it as well, Mm -hmm. um, in one of the senator's offices, because I told them, like, there is a bill and a law already that's supposed to protect me as a mandated reporter. And what I witnessed, I was actually in a classroom at my children's school substituting for a full-time um, instructional aid in an autistic classroom. The classroom teacher was there, but I was actually substituting for the aide who was actually in my son's class at the time because mm. a new little child had transferred over and, and they needed extra assistance. So here I get put in this classroom on day one back from Christmas break in January 2019. Mm-hmm. Day one in this classroom I noticed this teacher had her windows covered with construction paper, and she was speaking to the children horrible. I mean, it was so bad I was actually looking around the room to see if there were cameras because I thought this was a joke. I really thought this was, oh, is somebody testing me to, to see my reaction? What is happening? So anyway, with that being said, I was only told that I was supposed to be in this classroom for a week or two until they, they hired a new person. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, and I will say this. Each day I was in there, I witnessed horrific abuse. It got worse and worse. Anytime I tried to intervene, I would get yelled at. You know, um, The sheriff report is a public record. So if anybody wants to know exactly what I witnessed or another, you know, another teach, uh, instructional aide witnessed, it's in the police, in the sheriff report. And so well, it's in the sheriff report. You can said, share it. You know, you can share well, things that are public. I mean, but you don't I mean, have to. I, you know. I have it in front of me. I mean, I have it in front of me. Just some of the <laughs> okay. things. Yeah. I, trust yeah. me, I have the DCF report in front of me. I have What's the parents' federal lawsuit in front of me. I have the sheriff report. Uh, uh, the Department of Children Families uh, investigation, okay. which okay. they also recommend. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there right now. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> as far as far as the Brevard Sheriff Office. Yeah, I mean, the things that I witnessed, and, the, and, and I will say this, the other part-time aide that was in the classroom with me, she witnessed it pretty much any and all the things I witnessed. Mm-hmm. But when I told her that I reported the teacher, she said she was not going to come forward because she was a single mother of four and could not afford to lose her job. And I thought that was very strange. I was like, wait, what? I mean, this woman's, this woman's classroom is covered with construction paper. I had found out that two salary employees had been removed from this woman's classroom in yet less than a year. And, and, it, and it was Gee, my understanding that – That kind of suspicion. <laughs> that should have raised some more Oh, uh, just a little bit. I mean, my Almost daughter's there. right across the hall. My four-year-old daughter's right across the hall from this classroom. You know, windows are covered with construction paper. Two salary employees had been removed in less than a year. Like, what is happening? You know, and I mean – Sounds like a voting booth. It's like a voting booth in a Democrat <laughs> city. <laughs> Sorry. Each day the, the, the abuse got worse, you know, yeah. and we're talking about purposely antagonizing the children. Um, and, and Is this an autistic classroom? The, is this yes, an autistic classroom? Yes. Okay, so yes, it is. T- when you can, I want to describe what that is so that people understand because that makes the abuse even worse and adds a whole different yes. level to this. Okay. Yeah, well, the children can't really – um, properly communicate what what is going on. Now they're not nonverbal. One child, I believe, was considered nonverbal. But you know, the approach. If anybody's ever worked with autistic children, and I am not claiming to be a professional at all. I, you know, I'm I'm putting that out there right now. But I am a human being, and I am a mother. And you don't have to take any course. 
You don't have to have a college degree, and you don't even have to be a certified teacher that works with autistic children to recognize abuse. Mm -hmm. When you see a child that is being gagged, when you see a child that is being tormented, taunted, bullied, humiliated, um, call, name call, calling a child name, you're the adult, you're calling a child name, crybaby, whine to your mom, you know, all of these things are what I witnessed and the other assistant with me witnessed. She's not coming forward. I can't do anything about that. I can only tell what I saw and what I heard. And the other assistant that came forward when, when I'd never worked with her a day in my life, but she came forward as well, and she saw worse abuse than I did. Um, she saw the teacher stepping on their fingers, grinding um, their fingers into the ground. And this is all – this is in the sheriff report. Well, that leaves so this bruises. is all public leaves, record. This is, well, I will say the, this. Yeah. I will say this. This teacher showed me how to hurt the children three different ways without leaving bruises and how to properly gag them. And um, was she training she in a concentration me, camp or something? I mean, this is what this sounds like. I don't know. Sounds like right. I mean, this is me talking. Okay, not you, but uh, it just sounds to me. Th- I'm going to explore this more, but uh, like I say, we keep the names yeah. out and keep uh, anything that's public out. But mm-hmm. this sounds uh, horrible. This is this is. I don't mm-hmm. know. I you know. I mean, of course, the thing to investigate is where this this teacher got their credentials from. You know, why this was never yeah. reported. Why this? I mean, this yeah. is this is this is this isn't just abuse. This is actual criminal assault. You know, this mm, is yeah, assault I'm, and torture. I'm, trust me, I'm aware. I'm, okay. I, am well, I know aware, you're aware, but I want to make I want to make everybody else yeah. aware too, because you might be. This might not. I, I guarantee you, this is not the only place where this is happening. So we're really going to lay this oh, out. Oh no, I've had a lot of parents reach out to me, and once okay. I made a, I, I did a video just stating what was in the police report, what I witnessed back when all this went down. I couldn't believe what was going on. I couldn't believe the seeds that were being planted about me to question me. Um, mm-hmm. One of the parents of the autistic children, she said, she asked. The, one of the administrators who reported the abuse on their children. And she said to me, she goes, Marin, do you know the impression that I got when he described um, who you were? And I said, what's that? She goes, I thought you were some 18-year-old fresh out of high school with absolutely no, te- or no experience at all. And I said, are you aware that – well, I was 40 at the time. Now I'm 44 as of yesterday. I said, are you aware that I'm a 40-year-old mother woman and educator and my children go to this school and she's like well I do now so it was like I I originally thought that this was taken seriously when I filed I mean not to say that it wasn't taken seriously but I had no idea their plan was to plot against me and come after me All, all I did was my job and reported it because one of my best friends worked at the school at the time and after I couldn't take it anymore. This was what I was with. I couldn't sleep at night. It was horrible driving to work. My kids went to the school. What was going on was criminal. Um, you know, just horrific. I mean, she had she had a gym mat in her classroom. It was one of those really thick gym mats where she would put. I only witnessed this one time. She would uh, put a child in there with his head and arms out, get on top of the child, push it down with all of her body weight. And he couldn't and couldn't breathe. And um, apparently, the other assistant witnessed this on a daily basis and was told to leave the classroom if she if she tried to stop it or or voice concern. Um, and well, I why don't we just dial nine one one? I mean, why, I mean that, that's, that's a nine one one call right there. Yeah, I would. Well, I, I, well, I'd be I understand the teacher off why the kid. people didn't come forward. I understand yeah. now because what I've been put through um, mm-hmm. this January will be four years. I've been put through hell. But at the end of the day, I truly believe, like, God put me in this classroom for a reason because nobody Mm -hmm. else was coming forward. 
And this had been going on since the previous school year. And like I said, her windows were covered with construction paper. And um, the other assistant, I was like, why, why is this were one afraid to classes? lose her job? Now I know. You've mentioned that What's a few that? times. Were other classes, did any other class have their windows covered with construction paper? Um, I don't know. To my knowledge, no, but I don't know. I can't, I can't 100%. Okay. But I do know that once, um, you know, my, one of my best friends, she, when I told her what, everything that happened because I couldn't take anymore, I was going to have to report it. And she right. said to me, if you don't report it tomorrow morning, I will. And I go, no, I'm, I will report it tomorrow morning. Like I said, you know, I can't have somebody else report it. I'm going to report it. I was never supposed to be in the classroom. Well, lots of people should report the it. Abu- Everybody yeah, should report no, it. The abuse Where are the parents of, of these kids? Wait, the kid comes home with bruises. You've got an autistic kid coming home with bruises and horror stories telling the parents. Where are the yeah. parents? Where are the other parents? Well, the parents, that, that's, they'll, they'll get their chance to say their piece, just put it that way. Okay. And that's why they're fighting, because we got no justice through the criminal investigation. I was told, I was told when they called me in for the uh, criminal investigation, um, mm-hmm. it was like four days after it started, I believe. I, I, I could be incorrect on the day. But the sheriff deputy told me upon day one, she goes, they're not going to let me arrest her. They're like, they're not going to let me arrest her, because they've arrested a teacher in the past who actually left bruises and marks on the body, Hired, um, they said, a hotshot attorney who got her off on all charges and had a record expunged. So, but I was still. And where was the hotshot attorney open. from? If you can tell us, who I, funded I, the attorney. I don't know, but I could sure as heck use that attorney right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, we I, we um, actually have a, a legal reporter, and I can uh, Jonathan mostly is a legal reporter. He's not, a, uh, so he knows all kinds of. If he he might be able to advise you, so I'll get you guys connected after the show. Oh, perfect. That would be great because I I stopped paying for an attorney because Mm -hmm. I was also going through a divorce at at the time. So Mm -hmm. I was paying two attorneys and I just can't afford anymore. I, after I reported the abuse, I was blackballed from working and I'll talk about that as well. But, you know, it's so (laughs) important. Yes, yes. The Florida Department of Education did tell me it is illegal. So Mm -hmm. this has been a process. I mean, honest to God, if I haven't lived it myself, it would seem like, you know, it would, it would seem very far-fetched and crazy, but, it, it, I mean, I've literally documented things in the past, who I spoke to at the school board, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if there were cameras in this classroom, and I will say the teacher that um, did this to the autistic kids, she reported the abuse on her personal cell phone. I asked the sheriff's department to get a warrant for her cell phone because they told me, one, they weren't going to arrest her because there were no marks on the kids' bodies. I said, well, she showed me how to hurt them well, three different ways without leaving bruises. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, she know, well, how does she know I how to do this? In, how does well, she, she exactly have medical training? Thing. Uh, I have no clue, but there, I, I was like, what? I mean, I really felt, I don't know, I hadn't worked in 10 years, and this is what I walk into, you know? Wow. Um, prior yeah. to, though, well, like, before. Before I was in her classroom, I was substituting regularly. The, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the person who was in charge of hiring substitutes, she's like, you're the best sub we have. You don't complain. You, I mean, well, first of all, I'm an educator. So I'll go anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. And mm-hmm. I was working in the more difficult classrooms. It was very hard for them to um, get anybody to work in some of these classrooms where children um, could be violent. Not to say that there was a lot of violence in this classroom, but I worked in one of the more severe rooms. And this is another reason why I want cameras in classrooms where children can't self-report, not just to protect the children, but the teachers. I had a child who came up behind me, gripped my hair with both his hands, and they had to pry his fingers out of my hair. And then I was told to wear my hair up in a ponytail or a bun. Oh, like it's your fault. And yeah. Yeah it's, my, yeah, it's my fault, right? And then this same child 
grabbed my hands, both of my hands at the same time, twisted my wrist so bad, I was in two black wrist ba- uh, braces for weeks. And I'm making like twelve fifty an hour with a bachelor's degree, mind you. So, yeah. and then all of this, so it's like, I remember when I started going through all of this and, and the criminal investigation was going on and I had been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and I come into this kind of world of, you know, the, the, the lying, the cover-ups to protect your livelihood. And I was driving through the Chick-fil-A drive through and mm-hmm. I remember seeing a hiring sign where the, where the hourly rate was only like 50 cent different than what I was making with a bachelor's degree, right, as a substitute. And I'm like, oh, my God, you mean I can work somewhere where I don't even hardly have to, you know, think about, you know, something major and then end up in a lawsuit for doing my job as a mandated reporter, you know? So, but, well, yeah, I no, that, I mean. Yeah, that's fascinating. It reminds me of seeing it. Was that movie well, American apparently Blue, I missed Kevin the whistleblower act. Place? Yeah, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. But I, I missed the whistleblower act because I filed a verbal and written complaint with our school district mm-hmm. um, in reference to how I had been treated because I was working pretty much every day until I reported the abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I filed a verbal and written com- um, complaint with Florida Department of Education who told me it was illegal if they blackballed me from working and to look into the whistleblower act. But so yep. much time had already passed that I missed the whistleblower act by 23 days. Um, Ooh, I had an attorney that wanted to take my case. We need case, to change so that. Like, I, yeah, yeah we need to apparently change that. It's a, the whistleblower act, I, I think, is one of – it's the statute of limitations. It's one of the shortest statute of how limitations. How long is it? Uh, the, uh, oh, long God, is it? I want to say six months. I don't know. I, I left six months? This almost, I think it's six months. I'm not 100%. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. I haven't looked at some of this stuff because I like, literally try to keep it out of sight, out of mind. But, um, okay. yeah, so, I mean, if there would have been cameras and, and audio in these classrooms, mm-hmm. I would not be dealing with this. The parents would not still be dealing with this. This would have been a slam dunk. Yeah. Well, and, I got to explore you know, a few the things. Teacher, uh, like, whistleblower oh, is yeah, huge. Go ahead, yeah. I'm going to look up right now statute of limitations. On whistleblower. Yeah. Is it teachers? Is it educators? Or what, what was the, what criteria? No, did you, I don't did know. The what, I, they under? just told me that I missed it by 23 days. So whatever, whatever the statute of limitation is, I think that that is not just for educators. It's in general. Um, I mean, trust me. If I, if it could have been done, I tried it back when all of this first went down. But I was just so sick of like basically hitting a brick wall every time. I just gave up on pursuing anything because I was like. I had to protect my peace and just be done with it, you know. And uh, then you get you get served this great slander lawsuit, all for just reporting what I witnessed. Interesting. I just pulled up a website, whistleblowers.org, whistleblowers.org. So you might want to mm-hmm. check with these folks. Um, and it said uh, it said that whistleblower. They said it can be as short as thirty days <laughs> to, uh, to multiple oh, years. Maybe so, it was thirty. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could I don't be 30 know. Days. I mean, well, it's still 30 days is too. insane. 30 days is, is you're yeah. still in shock. You know, you're still doing all oh, kinds of things. I, months know. later, I was still in shock because they, they kept telling us, we, all, we thought, the parents and I thought that they were going to do the right thing, right? I mean, what the DCF report stated, what multiple witnesses stated, you know, mm-hmm. these children couldn't tell the sheriff's deputy what happened to them. And, um, you know, I even, I even offered to take a polygraph multiple times to the sheriff's department, to the school board, to the uh, I administration. I wouldn't do that. I, I'm, I wouldn't not do, I'll tell you why. I'm not doing yeah. no. that anymore, but I didn't know any better back then. I know a lot yeah. more now. Okay, good. No, and, and yeah, I also, that can be I said to them, oh, of course, everything that I've done or said has been twisted. Everything yeah. that I've done since the beginning. I mean, you should see this lawsuit that I was served. 
I did not know that you could be served a slander lawsuit and not one thing has to be true in it, but I have to pay to get myself out of it. And it's going mm-hmm. on three and a half years. I had no idea. I was like, oh, anybody that reads that and knows me, it's, you know, stuff like, oh, she was always late. Well, cameras in the hallways would have proven that, you know, so that would have discredited her. But the attorney that I had at the time, I said, I want you to get cameras, the the camera footage. It will show she's lying right there in this lawsuit, and he wouldn't do it. And it's just like, so here I am. This January will be four years since I reported the abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents, I mean, even we, the parents wanted to get a warrant for her cell phone. I said, she recorded the stuff on her cell phone. I said, if there's no abuse, of cell, you know, I'll turn over the deed to my house. This was of course, back then I won't mm-hmm. offer anything up after what I know now. I mean, I don't yeah. know who else is willing to take a polygraph multiple times and h- turn over the deed to their house. If there's no abuse of the cell phone on the cell phone, you know, but like, trust me, I've learned my lesson doing the right thing. You know, they say no good deed goes unpunished. Well, I'm living. Oh, that's, that. that's like our theme around here. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's so true because I'm like, yeah. as a, you know, you think you work with all of these people, their their well, parents, their grandparents, their educators, their professionals, they're going to want to do the right thing. Nope. nope. Not if it puts them on blast and, 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 um, and, and, and it, you know, it goes against their livelihood. I mean, if anything would put their livelihood in jeopardy, you know, but I have to say, I am so grateful for the one person who 100% came forward with what she witnessed because I, it would even look way worse for me. Yeah. So oh, it's I am to grateful one for that. There, yeah, there was a, an interesting uh, – I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson. who's like the only person worth watching on Fox. Maybe Laura Ingram. But anyway, Tucker had a guest on. He was a guy who was in the uh, court as a juror. And it was jury selection. And this judge, the, the, I forgot what state it was, but they do not have a mass mandate, which is unconstitutional anyway. It's an unconstitutional seizure of your, of your person uh, under the Fourth Amendment. But that's another story, too. Anyway, so he, wouldn't want to wear, he didn't want to wear a mask. And the judge says, well, you have to wear a mask. It's my courtroom. You have to wear a mask. And the guy says, he, he says he, he, judge says, are you refusing to wear a mask? And then the guy says, yeah, I don't have to wear one. There's no mandate here. You know, you can't, you know, basically you can't make me. So the judge said, okay, contempt of court, 24 hours in jail. Solitary confinement. So they lock this, so this guy up. And here's the scary part, though, that nobody else came forward. If I was in that car, I said, uh, Judge, I'm not going to wear a mask either because I wouldn't be wearing one anyway. So I'd be, the, I'd be that guy. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. Uh, but people, no, but people are, are afraid. They won't stand with you. I was in open court. Yeah. Um, this was years ago, and I've told this story before. Judge says uh, it was like 200 of us in the room. It's like the big jury pool for the day. And judge gets up and says, okay, you're about to be, you know, you're in the jury pool. You could be selected for a case. But just remember, you cannot judge the laws. That's up to us. We'll tell you what the law is. All you can do is judge the facts in the case. I said, excuse me, Your Honor. You know me, right? <laughs> well, you do, you're going to. <laughs> but I said, uh, Your Honor, you're wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and this voice from on high looks down on me with, me with my hand raised up. I was in my 20s, right? So I get up and I say, yeah, you're wrong. You can't do that. I said, uh, we, I said, I follow the Constitution. I said, of course I'm going to judge the laws. Don't you know the William Penn case? Don't you know where the judge locked up the jury because they didn't get the verdict that the, the judge wanted? I said, you can't tell us how to rule. We're the, we're the people. We, we represent the people. You represent the government. We're supreme to you. So I'm going to do, of course I'm going to look at the laws. Of course, everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. You know, this is, you know and the judge looks at me and says, okay, you're dismissed. Fine. Be that way. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a standing ovation, but nobody stood up with me. Not one person said, you know, he's right. right. I'm going to judge the laws, too. Not one person out of 200. That's the world we live in. Yeah. Well, it, it happened. I mean, it is. It is the world we live in. I've learned that over the years. And, you know, like I said, this has been a real eye-opening experience for me in so many ways. But, um, you know, when I started coming 
um, speaking more publicly about this and just the fact of what is going on with um, the amount of parents reaching out to me, not only thanking me, but telling me their horror stories and why they had to pull their child out of public school or why they, you know, I was like, oh, my, like it's sickening. It's mm-hmm. sickening what is going on. And um, I don't think it's too much to ask to put cameras and audio in these classrooms where children cannot self-report because the okay. sheriff deputy <sighs> said to me. What? I, go ahead. Tell me what the sheriff said. You said, but there's something you, you keep making the same comment. I don't, I don't understand what that means. So go ahead. Tell me what the sheriff what? said. Oh, okay. Well, I said, you know, that they they told me basically, like if the children could have told them what happened to them, then they could have arrested her. And I said, okay. So my son, at the time he was in third grade, if my son would have come to you and said, so and so stuck me in this mat, got on top of me until I couldn't breathe, she said, then we could arrest her. I said, well, what, you know. It, there's something with the laws. I don't know if it's just Florida, probably just Florida law. Something like when you bring your child into a public classroom setting, they are now considered the parent. I don't know. There, there's hmm. just so oh, many, so much that. legal jargon um, or whatever. But I will say that the sheriff deputy who conducted the criminal investigation, she told both the parents and I that she belongs in jail. So, and not only that, she ended up re- and ended up retiring early, like somewhat after this case was done i mean i don't i don't know if it's the case that made her retire earlier just life she was just ready i don't know i can't speak for her but she's she a private investigator now great <laughs> is, she, is she a no, magnum no, pi she's not. Oh, no she's not no she's not no she's not i'm uh, listen i'm sure she feels like we all feel when we try to do the right thing and it just uh, on deaf ears or whatever and you can't be you know do anything but she she told the parents and i if we need her in the future she will be there for us let's so, get her on the show yeah, well, it's, I, don't, I don't know if she'll, she'd be willing to, but you never know. You never know. But um, you, You'd be amazed. I had Peter Navarro on the show last week. What, nobody would have thought I could do that, you know. And yeah. we got friends. <laughs> we got friends on the show now. Yeah, we well, have that, Wendy Rogers on last week. great thing. Yeah. I wish, you know, when all of this first started, I had so mm-hmm. many people telling me what to do, what not to do, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what oh, I should I, have yeah, done differently. <laughs> I was being pulled in so many different directions. You know, I even had friends in law enforcement that are like, you need to rally people and get them at the news. I mean, I've, I've seen, I don't trust the news around here. I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, the one article that they did was basically, oh, is she doing, she's not trained or I don't even know. I don't even. Oh, I you're not an expert? Because, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You, you don't know what you're talking. I don't have the degree. Well, if you do have the degree, if you do have the certification, then please tell me why you're gagging children um, that you shouldn't be. Why are you putting them in headlocks? Why are you taunting them? Why are you teasing them? Why are you baiting them with M&M so you can gag them and stick your fingers down their throat? Like, if you're so certified with everything and so qualified over me, then why are you doing these things to children? We don't allow this treatment of mass murderers when you think about it. People in jail, you know, solitary confinement, mm-hmm. things like that. Right. You, couldn't do, you, you couldn't do legally. I mean, it may be done. But you couldn't do what this teacher was doing to these kids to prisoners. You couldn't, no, they, they couldn't no. do it to terrorists at Gitmo. They couldn't do the things that you're describing in any situation that I know of under government supervision. Yeah. It can't happen. Well, I have, yet, people, I have people send me all the time these stories that are in the news of teachers that are abusing children that got caught on camera. And I'm like, that's nothing compared to what I witnessed. Like this, you know, some of these things are nothing in comparison to what I witnessed and the other people witnessed. But okay. at the end of the day, because it wasn't on video, I mean, it was, it was on her personal cell phone. And, um, you know, what can we do from there? The, the sheriff deputy said, we have a, um, a device that will retrieve deleted video. So even if she deleted it, well, 
we're looking at years now. She probably doesn't even have the same phone. Who knows? It's probably in the cloud somewhere, but whatever. Well, you still got witness testimony, and these kids – you know, these kids can teachers that abuse, you know, we've had kids come back as adults saying, look, I couldn't tell you when I was a kid because I was, you know, eight, yeah. you know, and they'll come back right. as adults and say, well, this right. is what happened. You know, and mm-hmm. we've had those cases. So there was movies, uh, there was like this movie of four brothers, Kevin Bacon was one of the, uh, um, the, the, the actors in it. And uh, yeah, it was an abusive teacher and they came back years later uh, and went to trial yeah. and eventually got this teacher convicted. So I don't think there's a statute of limitations on abuse. There might be a whistleblowing, but that's wrong too. We need to fix that bill as well. <laughs> well, so make I a mean, note, put a big note. Who whistleblower knows protection. Worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah. But you've said several times kids that cannot self-report. What does that mean? Well, a child that cannot properly tell authorities or administration what happened to them. So that basically that's what they told me in the end, in the end that these children couldn't tell them what happened to them. Um, and I don't want to go into all of the autism and how they communicate and so on and so forth. Cause I don't no, that's not what's important, but all. the legal definition is so – no, okay, let's, let's put two and two together here. All right? So it seems to me very interesting that the teacher that is the most abusive teacher I think I've ever heard – I've heard of a lot of bad teachers, okay? but this is, this is assault. This is, right. this is at the criminal level. This is at the felony level. That the teacher is right. doing this to the very children that cannot self-report. Yeah. That can't be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. No, okay, not again. at all. I mean, there's no way she no. would have done that to somebody like my child who can tell, the, tell them what happened to them. And I will say the parent's mm-hmm. original attorney, when I met with him, we met for a few hours. This was many years ago. He had told me this is one of the worst cases he had seen in over 10 years. And, um, and unfortunately, that attorney has passed away, so the parents have to, had, to file, or had to hire new counsel which they've obtained new counsel, so, um, and that's their, whole, that's their own separate lawsuit. So the parents are suing against, this teacher? Yes, they're suing her, our school district, and our school board okay, in federal good. court. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah. I say, give me the details when you can, but don't, don't rush it. Just don't tell me anything that, you know, because like I say, this is, we're, we're out live. You know, the show's live, and, uh, and it's podcast, yeah. and it's permanent, and I, we don't edit. <laughs> so this is where you can right. tell your story. Your story is going out unedited right now, and it will be, it's being recorded, <laughs> and it's a podcast unedited. So if anybody wants to challenge this, this is, this is you talking verbatim. This is, I don't, we don't, I'm not going to touch anything that you say. It goes out as you right. said it. And so that's what that's yeah, what well, I mean, I'm very grateful for these parents um, for their support. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that they they have their own battle and I have my own battle and uh, they have to focus on their case and everything. And I have to focus on getting this lawsuit that I have against me dropped. Um, you know, I've consulted with so many attorneys over the years and, you know, nobody wants to k- take my case anymore. Uh, one, I can't afford it. And um, I had a friend. People have said, let us uh, set you up a send give go page and I said no for forever finally what do I have to lose at this point well we're asking for money at like one of the worst financial times in history I think mm, we've raised yeah. a little under three I know that feeling um, <laughs> um, you know where everything is just so, you know everything is so expensive right now people are still feeling the effects of the COVID shutdowns and the loss and can't keep up and how to close down their businesses and it's just a, it's a snowball effect you know and um, to me uh, you know, they want to go to mediation, uh, which is fine. I have to represent myself because I don't have an attorney, nor can I afford to pay for one. But I can pay for the mediator now with what little, you know, what the, and, you know, like I said, anybody that even donated a dollar and just sending prayers has just been Okay, let's get the site. So great. What's, like, the, Go, like, what's the, the GoFundMe or whatever site or oh gosh, I'll have to, I, honestly, or... I don't even know off the top of my head. I can have, 
I can look at it here shortly, but I'll give you a chance. Um, we'll, we'll do it all at the end. So at the end of the, of this hour, um, yeah, yeah. I just want to stay longer. This is kind of fun. <laughs> you know, I've got, yeah, I've got no, I mean, I'm good. Too, so. I'm out. good. I'm just, okay. I'm working from home today. I mean, okay. recovering from my birthday yesterday and you know, oh, I wow. ended it at Chuck E. Cheese last night. So, I mean, I really partied hard. <laughs> um, so, um, no, it's just, I just appreciate you having me on today. I mean, I'm so grateful because it's like for so many years I stayed quiet because I was told, keep my mouth shut. Don't yep. do it. But the people that were telling me to keep my mouth shut were the school board. Of course. And, the, and, the, and, the, and it was funny. Like I said, my, the, the sheriff deputy who did the criminal investigation, she's like, you don't have to be quiet. She goes, hell, you can rally witnesses for, for all I care. She's mm-hmm. like, but I, but I didn't want to. I was just like, it was a very, very, very hard time, you know. And mm-hmm. I was even asked if I wanted the parents' contact information, and I declined. I said, no, but if the parents want to know what happened to their child, I said, they can call yeah, me ask personally. Their kids. Yeah, well, all, here's the, the, all now, the parents Now, if the kids can't me, report it. Can the, can the parents report on behalf of the kids, or is that also nope. considered not? Oh, nope. I this mean, is I'm, an interesting I'm, loophole I'm here. Bit, you, we have another yeah. bill we need to write. We have another bill. Yeah. We need I mean, to, we need as to far give, as I'm, uh, I mean, yeah, as far as I, I know, because, I mean, me and the other adult witnesses, we, we didn't count. We did not count. So what are we there for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we did not count. It was our word against the children. They need to be able to tell the sheriff's deputy what happened to them. Um. And so this is – there's a lot of flaws in this, you know, the, the legality purposes of everything. And mm-hmm. here I am. There's a – there's a what is it? I think it's Chapter 39.203 or something that is supposed to protect mandated reporters from any lawsuits if reported in good faith. And um, – well, wait, 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 wait. This is my legal – you know, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but I play one on the radio. Um, but they, whenever they say uh, in good faith, <laughs> that's to get out of jail for right. Because then they can say, well, you yeah. can do it in good faith. It's like the mandates that, for COVID. That's what they're saying. You know, the that's religious what they're exemption. Saying. Yeah, the, the religious exemption. Yeah. They say, well, you're not, it's not a sincere religious belief. Well, that's not yours to call. Yeah, exactly. You know, government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not It's yeah. not your call to tell me what, what, if my religion is, you know, you know, valid for a religious exemption or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's a, Like I said, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> oh, no, another show. But, we, uh, you're going to be on a lot. I, 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 we, I can yeah. tell we're going to, we're getting along really well. This is going to be fun. Um, yeah, no, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's so crazy yeah. to me. It doesn't matter if you do the right thing. They're going to twist your words. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you do the wrong thing. They're going to twist your words. I realize there's no winning here. The important thing is at the end of the day, I can only tr- control my narrative and what I win. I wouldn't say this. And yeah. what's that? I wouldn't say there's no winning. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I thought that, well, I wouldn't do action radio. I wouldn't have created this. No, 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 no. <laughs> there is no winning with what I – in the beginning of all this for me, there was no winning. But now right. I have That's had true. time to decompress, regroup, and I was like, they're not doing this to me. They're not going to do this to me and these children. Um, I witnessed abuse. I reported it. And I can't help that they have to scratch your back, you know, all yeah. that stuff and – Sweep it under the rug. I mean, if, yeah. if something wasn't going on, why right before they started the criminal investigation, somebody removed mm-hmm. the construction paper from her windows before the sheriff deputy got there. And um, it was that special. So we like, got a cover up now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why are you removing? And they removed the gym mat. That was not a Brevard County uh, approved device for compression. They removed that from from the classroom mm. immediately. Who's they? Uh, I have no idea. Whoever, whoever did, some adult, I'm assuming. I'm, okay. Um, but it was removed from the classroom. Yeah. First of all, let me give you a round of applause for what you're doing. Uh, 
And secondly, if you can tell me, why do you think this teacher is being protected and, and how, how far does this – this sounds like a conspiracy because obviously this teacher is probably talking about what they're doing. Uh, they wouldn't do this in right. secret, so people know. Okay, people in the school know. Uh, is is I don't know if the teacher's married or not, but uh, people do tend to brag. Yeah, she is married with kids. She's she's a beautiful young woman, and you know you would never not that beautiful. Think this, not if she's, not, like, she's doing this. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I said it doesn't. You know, um, abuse does not discriminate. Just put it that way. When you abuse children, it does not discriminate on what your what your physical appearance is, how many degrees you have, and how many certifications you have. So, like, you know, don't let that fool you. You know, that's what it, it's just like. Oh my God, it's like that's who it. You know, so. No, see, I don't, I don't buy any of that stuff. Fun. Listen, I mean, we call him Doctor Fascist around here, and you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, his full title. So yeah. For, this is for Josie, who loves when I do this. His full title is genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying, vaccine drug pusher, Doctor Fascist. She pretty much hit everything. I think so. Yeah, I try. Yeah. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but uh, you're a whistleblower. Well, the crazy thing is, is for me, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I did my best. I mean, mm-hmm. I did. I mean, even even the principal that I've known since I was a child, like I was not um, slandering her to him. I still remain professional, but it doesn't matter. They're going to say you said things you didn't say. I well, because like, they they, they can't win on the merits. They know right. that what you're saying is true. Right. So they can't. Right. It's like um, it's like when you accuse an innocent person of something. They say, well, I didn't do that." You know, and then they're, they're quite honest and straightforward. Her myself. Right. Yeah. I was oh, I was asked when again? I reported when I reported that I was mm-hmm. asked if I would record what she was doing to the kids, and I said no. I looked up the recording laws, and it's illegal. However, if I would have known what I know now, I would have recorded it, and uh, just whatever the repercussions would have been, you know, <laughs> it would have been worth it to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, especially if you do it under oath, you know, it's testimony, and it doesn't, you don't have to have a polygraph yeah. for that. But uh, if you testify under oath, if you give a deposition, that's legally binding in court. Yeah. yeah. And they can still challenge oh, no, you, I'm, and they I'm can put you on the stand. But when I was in deposition, and this attorney was sliding me over these these um, testimonies, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Couldn't believe it. Um, hmm. One of the teachers, she used to be, she was a retired IA from there, who sucks at that school now. What's she, an IA? She knew a. Uh, instructional aid or instructional okay. assistant. <laughs> Sorry, I know using these acronyms, not everybody's familiar with that's the terminology. Okay. I just, I just ask. Um, everybody does it with their profession. It's just, I, that's how everybody yeah. else knows what we're talking about. Yeah. When okay. uh, she was, she's good friends with one of my best friends that was working there. When she found out who one of my best friends is, she didn't hesitate to unload about this teacher and how she treats the students. Oh, and, and I was like, oh, okay. So when did it was deposition them? time. Did she report the teacher? Uh, she, she did not. She did not. Not okay. only did she not report the teacher, but when it was time to give her testimony, she said, so-and-so is a good teacher. I cannot believe this is happening to her. Mm. This, I was like, you've got to be effing kidding me. You've got to no, be. This is a no. mother, See, now a grandmother. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore at all. I, uh, so who's protecting this teacher? I have no clue, but I just know that the attorney that's, you know, filed the lawsuit against me, he is the teacher's union attorney. Well, so, isn't that interesting? So, okay, so uh, let's, yeah, let's, very let's follow this through. Okay, now, like I say, again, if mm-hmm. I tread on ground that, that's just going to affect you in your lawsuit, tell me. But I would be curious as to who this teacher is, who their family is, what community status they have. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like family law. I've done a lot of uh, cases. I have people, I have uh, women who are friends of mine who have had their kids stolen by the government at gunpoint. 
for no reason mm-hmm. and given to their crazy, abusive and sexually assaulting ex. You know, I have I, I got horror stories all for several years. I'm very much uh, pursuing family court uh, as a RICO, as a as a racketeering institution. This is exactly the same thing. This sounds. I mean, I'm getting all the same stuff. The police are in on it. There's a there's a there's a committee of silence. Uh, the you know people know about it, but they're afraid to say anything. The the, the one who's being abused by this is you. You're the one getting mm-hmm. the abuse for coming forward because you're a whistleblower. Yeah. And and the the tendency of people is to A, not get involved because they don't want it happening to them, and B, you know, to, uh, to go against the person who's talking about the problem, not solving the problem itself, but who's talking about the problem because they don't want to be embarrassed by the problem. They don't want to stop the problem for whatever reason, right. which is to me inhuman, but they don't want to solve it, they, but they want to go after you for mentioning the problem. And I've done work with right. uh, VA, Veterans Administration whistleblowers, okay? I know whistleblowers. Uh, this whole show is dedicated to exposing these kind of things and writing corrective legislation. So here's what's different about what we do. Because we, you know, let's say stick stick around for the next hour if you want. This is fun. Um, I mean, I, I really enjoy being an advocate. So I mean, I say it's fun not to make light of your situation, but the fact that oh no, uh, I, I yeah, this is how I approach it. Okay, it's a sport to me. And it's otherwise I go crazy, and I, I don't intend to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, you know, but this is how we can advocate stuff. So what we do is citizen legislation. What we do that's never been done before is we have a website called writeyourlaws.com. That's where I uh, pulled that vaccine bill from. Um, you know, I don't have one for your case yet. We don't have a whistleblower protection act, but we need one. That's really where we need to go, as well as the student. Uh, we need a really good name for this: the Student uh, uh, Self-Reporting Protection Act, or something like that. You know, or the student. Yeah, some, something you know, along those the, lines, yeah, for we'll, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a good bill. All right. So, so because none of this it. would be happening at all. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about it. We have ring doorbells and cameras everywhere, mm-hmm. but we're we're not going to put cameras in the class. I'm not like I'm like I said. I'm not saying all classrooms. I know there are people that are in favor of all classrooms, and I get that. But that's not mm-hmm. what I'm fighting for. Okay. I'm fighting for those children that cannot self-report or for those teachers who are working in those classrooms where the children are very violent and they're at risk of getting hurt and injured. You know, they had asked me if I wanted to file workman's comp, you know, when I was in wrist braces for, I think it was like two weeks when that mm-hmm. child did that to me. And I said, no way, because I was like, listen, they're not going to get me on workman's comp and I fight, you know what I mean? Because they're just use any and everything against me. Mm-hmm. No, it makes so, sense. Uh, That's what they do. You know, like I said, the worst they can do to me right now, well, for now, and, until the FBI shows up at my door, uh, which I, you know, guys, if you want to come over, just, you know, let me know ahead of time. We'll make some coffee. We'll talk. You know, we'll, we'll sort out whatever your issues are, you know, to so the FBI, KGB, who usually, I'm sure, listens to my show also. Um, but that's, you, you can't be fearless. I mean, I mean, you can't be afraid. You've got to be fearless. And, and if whatever happens to me happens down the road, all I'm doing is writing citizen legislation to create a situa- situation of the yeah. greatest freedom for the greatest number. That's what I'm doing. That's not criminal. That's constitutional. We're doing better than the government. And, We're that, writing and the that's laws exactly the government why do. I'm fighting for this as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, like I told you, they blackballed me from working. Five weeks had gone by. I hadn't mm-hmm. worked a day. And mm-hmm. I called Human Resources because after, after I reported the abuse, they switched over to a call system where mm-hmm. they call substitutes to work. And mm-hmm. my, like I said, one of my best friends that works at that school, she called me. She's like, Marin, where are you? We're seeing substitutes in here that we've never seen before. And she goes, we are short, so short-staffed. They're pulling teachers for other classrooms. I'm like, well, I'm not getting phone calls. So that day I called Human Resources, and I spoke to a woman at Human Resources, and I, I didn't let her know the situation and circumstance. I just let her know my name. So she said her exact words where she goes, hmm, that's strange. Somebody manually went in and messed with your account so you wouldn't be receiving phone calls to work. Ooh. And I 
I don't. Oh, that's interesting. I said because all of this transpired after I reported a teacher for abusing autistic children. And it was crickets on the phone. And then she was like stuttering on her words and said she was going to look into it. I, to this day, I never even heard back from her. I called her and I believe I emailed her once, never heard back from her. Yeah, subpoena her. <laughs> There's a witness. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. apparently they know at that level too. So isn't this interesting? Yeah. Look how, so in order for this to happen, in order for this teacher to be abusive, look at all the people that have to cooperate. You've got a law that the kids can't self-report. You've got a mm-hmm. law that the parents can't self-report. You've got all these uh, instructional aides, IAs, I'm learning new terms for you, this is kind of cool, uh, that cannot report that, or that won't report. You've got kids, Yeah, they're fear of losing know, their job. Right, they're fear of losing their job. Okay, the same reason people got the COVID jab, much to, uh, you know, as I tell people, there's always another job. <laughs> Trust me, there's always another job. Right, um, yeah. You know, I mean. That's how uh, I felt yeah. about teaching. There's always another job. I was like, you guys want to, you want to blackball mm-hmm. me from working? You want to spread uh, seeds of doubt and lies about me? Well, at the end of mm-hmm. the day, I don't work for you anymore. I, I chose, like when all this was said and done, I said, mm-hmm. I will never sub for Brevard Public Schools ever again, you know, or work for them. I, I was not going to go back to being an educator. I'm like, I will never put myself in that situation or circumstance where they can basically try to annihilate and destroy me. Mm-hmm. And what county was that, for the record? Brevard. How do you spell that? Yeah. B-R-E-V-A-R-D, where, where NASA is, or SpaceX, Ron Johns. <laughs> Some of it, you know. Is that Stillman Douglas High School also by chance? Or no, is that different? Kind? What is it? Stillman Douglas High School where the uh, the assassin killed the kids? That does not was... sound familiar now. Okay, I don't believe so. Okay, yeah. I'm just, just curious. Yeah, I'm not trying to relate these two. But I, I just find it interesting that the attitude, and the attitude of the police, uh, the, the county sheriff there, was he kept his officers outside for like an hour, an hour and a half, just like happened in Uvalde, Texas, where the chief said, don't go in. You know, and they were do, using hand sanitizer in the hallways rather than stopping murders. It's a yeah. it's a very interesting situation, but look at the cooperation here. So you've got the you know what the Nuremberg uh, trials are all about, you know, just following mm-hmm. orders, you know, and this is the kind right. of thing that this is what leads to Holocaust, all right. And so so we've got a situation here where we've got we've got aides that won't report, we've got teachers that know about this. I guarantee that because she's not being silent about this. People who do this kind of stuff aren't quiet; they talk. So they're whoever wherever she talked, so somebody else knows. I'm sure the other teachers know. They must know. I mean, it, there's not a single teacher at this school that wasn't suspect something was going on when all the windows were covered up. <laughs> yeah. Or the principal? You know, wouldn't if you were a decent principal or assistant principal, wouldn't you walk by, see a bunch of windows covered up, and go, "Hmm"? Wouldn't you ask that teacher why? Uh, well, that that would be that would be the right thing to do, I would think. Unless you knew what was going on. And you didn't want it. Or you're like Sergeant Schultz and Hogan's Heroes. I know nothing. I see nothing. Yeah. I did have one teacher tell me that she went to administration months prior before I ever even got in that classroom to report about the excess yelling um, that was coming from that class, the yelling and screaming that was coming from that classroom all the time. Oh, and that was no clue for anybody? Wait a minute, yelling and screaming yeah. from a classroom, and nobody thought to actually inquire as to what might be going on in there. We, I had matter of fact, one day when she was improperly. I mean, of course they say, oh, you don't have CPI training. I don't. I can't even remember what CPI stands for. But oh, it's listen, their, I'm not a meteorologist, pro- but I know when it's raining. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give me a right. Break. But it's like their training for restraining children the proper way. Matter of fact. There was so much screaming coming from her classroom one day, and, mm-hmm. and the doors stay locked. So the one officer, that um, the resource officer on duty, you can hear his keys, you know, unlocking the door. So she went from having a child in a headlock 
to once the sheriff deputy finally opened up the door, she had a completely different hold on the child. And he's like, oh, just checking to make sure everything's okay. I heard a bunch of screaming. You know, it's just like, this is not normal. It's not normal for this excess screaming and restraining. This is not normal. And, you know, I think the other thing is, is the teacher that came in to take her place after she left, I, I would be curious to know how many restrained, did, uh, how many times did she have to restrain children during the day? How many times were there kids screaming during the day after this one teacher that was basically um, the one, the reason why these children were having these meltdowns? They were, you know, she was antagonizing them the entire time. I mean, these poor children, they would be sitting there just doing their work, and she would come, and she would rip their pencil out of their hand. And, you know, the one video I said to the sheriff deputy, I said, all we need is that one video where she is restraining this child to his desk, holding his hands down. And I said, I even heard her play back the video. She propped her, her, her phone on her teacher desk, and he was just screaming. He wanted his pencil back. He wanted to use the eraser, and she bit the head of the eraser off his pencil and spit it out. This was all on, on video on her cell phone. How has it come to be on video, and how did you come to know about it? Well, she, I watched her prop her, her – um, she told me she used to record a oh, lot you of saw stuff to show her husband. Oh, yeah, so I saw it happen. I witnessed it. Being made. Yeah, oh, okay. I saw her – yeah, I didn't know what she was about to do, but uh -huh. she, with this particular situation and circumstance, but she propped her camera or her phone, her cell phone up on her teacher desk. Uh -huh. She went over to him, started doing her thing. It was all recorded. Later on, she played it back. I heard the whole thing, almost the whole thing. Played it back for her. Um, and she, she played it back for herself to watch it while sitting in the classroom. Oh, this is really sick. This is one sick individual. Yeah, she, she oh. told, yeah, she, yep, this is what she did. And you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm just telling you what I witnessed. I mean, I Wait was believe it's credentials? crazy. She, this is, we're talking, uh, this is sociopathic and psychopathic Florida. behavior. She's not, What's that? she's not from Florida. Matter of fact, her name was also listed in another state in another lawsuit. I don't know if it was similar or what, oh, but it, it, I, don't, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, but this was only her second year, to my knowledge, this was only her second year in Florida teaching. Um, uh -huh. She came from another state, and I did see. Have you talked to them? Listed in another. No, I have not. I'm not. Listen, I'm not in doing anything else. I'm just like I'm here today okay. to talk to you and tell you to hopefully get this bill written. Um, but as far as yeah, we'll you know, they that. already accused me of <laughs> they are, yeah exactly. they already accused me of trying to do my own investigation. Well, it's like nobody else was doing anything. Well, what's wrong? You with know, that? like this is free country. Yeah, there, there is nothing. There's no there's no law against the fact that I can talk to other people to see if they witness stuff. You know. Yeah, you need there's some. There's got to be an education foundation group. Uh, I know, like Beckett does religious freedom. Uh, I'm trying uh -huh. to think uh, who's the group that does yeah, education. Which one? I, no, I'm just in here. I'm thinking. I was like, it's tr it's very difficult. Like I've reached out to the autism network to see if anybody can help. Um, yeah. You know, I all there's two things I want: this lawsuit to finally be done, and just right. you know, just I'm so it's it's so draining. And also, uh -huh. I want a bill passed for mandatory cameras and audio in classrooms where the children cannot self-report. Because okay. I wouldn't be in this situation, the children and the parents would not be in this situation and circumstance. And basically, you know, really all about what I'm fighting for right now. Okay, let's let's take a couple minutes, get your stuff together, and let's talk about the bill and uh, how to write it and uh, where we're going to go and all that kind of stuff. So if you okay, want to mute yourself good. for a minute, I'll call you back in just a little bit here. And let me see what I haven't played yet. <laughs> i got a couple of uh, little things here. And it was Broward Ooh. County. My Broward. friend's listening, and, and it's Broward County where that other thing happened. Okay, so if any of your friends want to call in, too, they're perfectly welcome to join us. And that's at 215-383-3832. 
and uh, or we've got the live chat you can type in. And Skype, you actually have to call a day ahead of time because I have to approve your account if you're calling in internationally. Uh, be interesting if we get some comments from our, our growing audience in Canada, Australia, and over across the pond in England. That should be kind of fun. All right, be right back. Let me see what I haven't played yet. I think I've forgotten which ones I have played. So I played with some again. Get over it, guys. And I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website right your laws so you can get your energy drink a 20 percent discount and help action radio change the relationship of we the people to our government not bad strike force is at strikeforceenergy.com that's strikeforceenergy.com start your engine joe biden's dark winter no freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. 
Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. See all the fun we have here? <laughs> Let's bring back Marin Montez. Um, so I hope you like my uh, my PSA on, on, on Brandon. And that's uh, oh, yeah. the last line <laughs> <laughs> the last line in particular, it's time to get off your butt and save your country. And that's what you're doing. I know. I was laughing at that. I was like, oh, my gosh, he needs business here. He's not playing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, more you get, uh, the more you get into the show and the more episodes you listen to and the more bills you check out, you realize I am not playing one bit. Uh, I'm having fun, but I'm not playing. You know, uh, one of our newest amendments, actually we have two that are not related to what you're talking about, but uh, one is a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress uh, to borrow money. So, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> the other one would yeah. be to disarm most of the uh, federal bureaucratic army. There's 287,000 armed bureaucrats uh, in the federal government. Uh, the Marines only have 185,000. Tell me that makes sense. So who's, who, you know, so we have the Marines to go to war with 185,000, and we have the, the federal bureaucrats to go to war with who? Us. <laughs> you know, plus would right. they have, you know, uh, basically 12 divisions of soldiers if they were infantry. You know, I mean, think about it. So, no, I'm not playing. This is where our country's at stake. Right. And so this is why we need folks like you uh, to get involved and do something. So, And you are actually doing something. So let me tell you how to do something. So do you have your laptop handy or a computer? Are you on a computer? Well, no, I'm on my cell phone. Relax. Well, then you'll have to catch this on you have to catch this on podcast then. <laughs> you know, later. I'll, this, oh, is, okay. this is this is your this will be our workshop and instruction manual. So part two of, of your discussion here on Action Radio. You're doing a fabulous job, by the way. This is this is great. I love talking to you. I'm having fun. Uh, is to actually write a bill. Okay, so how do you do that? Uh, you go to you go to writeyourlaws.com. W r i t e y o u r l a w s. Writeyourlaws.com, and you look at the homepage. And the homepage is going to give you all kinds of good information. It's got stuff in, in, in uh, they put it in yellow. I need to do a new website. We've got to fix the website a little bit. This was done by Eric Colley, who, who uh, passed away in hospital um, because of uh, horrible treatment. So he's one of the, our friends here that was basically yeah. taken from us by the hospitals. Okay, so I, I, I do take this very personally. But he created yeah. this incredible website. So everything that happens on writeyourlaws.com, Eric Colley gets credit for it because he created this. Um, Anyway, so we've got to, you know, the, we talk about the world's most original website. You've got in, in uh, yellow, listen to our podcast. I don't know why anybody calls this a podcast. We're live. This is a live show, folks, live, you know. So what we say here gets recorded, and then it's a podcast. Uh, so that's there, and then it has how to write the bill, and we give you some, uh, we've got a template. We've got some things to think about, but I can tell you all that because since I created this whole silly thing, uh, you know, you've got the source right here. So you read the homepage, uh, and you find out that all bills have, have really three components, right? And the first one is your introduction or rationale. Why are you writing this bill? And that's where you put all your arguments, you know, for, for your bill. You can make it long, you can make it short. Short is more effective. Most of our bills are just a couple of pages if you printed them out. Um, the second part is the law that you want changed. So you've got to go in, title, section, whether it's state, local, ordinance, state law, federal, U.S. code, and we go find the exact law that needs changing, and we, we post the part of the law that is causing the damage, and, and then we propose the new law. So your three parts are the introduction and rationale, uh, the old law that we're going to change, and the new law. And there might not be an old law. You might just be adding a whole new section, in which case that's what you do. But those are the three parts. Intro, old law, new law. And that's it. Easy Perfect. Peasy. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I was actually working with one of the senators, my local senator's office. They have a department or a committee or whatever that actually mm-hmm. will help with the verbiage. But, you mm. know, they have so much ahead of them. But they, I'm on the list for them to call me 
to work on this because, like I said, I mean, like I, I told you with that one law, Chapter 39.203, that's supposed to protect me. I was like, we need to change the verbiage in here because it says reported in good faith. Well, like we talked about earlier, they can all also say, turn it and say, you didn't report it in good faith. How so about it's that? Like, that's to get a that's to get a jail free card. Yes, we call it's it. Yeah. Very convenient, so is that right? Florida. It's very convenient. Is that Florida law or I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Florida law. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it's Florida, like okay. okay. So basically, anybody can make up anything, anytime, uh-huh. anywhere, any place. And here I am, just doing my job as a mandated reporter and doing the right thing to protect the children. And minute, I get wait, served wait, with wait. a slander lawsuit. Wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll talk about that. And slander, slander is interesting. We'll look up the definition of slander. What do you mean you're a mandatory reporter? Tell me about that. When you're, when you are, I guess, like with, you know, noticing abuse on children or witnessing abuse on children, you're mandated to report this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've looked up laws and it's like, if you don't report this, I think it's like a, a like a third degree felony or thousands of dollars and uh, jail time, if, if not reporting it. So, so wait a minute. of course, these other people don't want to report now that they could, you know. So wait a minute. So yeah, the law right. in your favor says yeah. that you are mandated to report abuse. Now, Correct. where are you mandated to report this abuse to? Well, I've heard mixed things. I've heard I was supposed to report to uh, DCF, which is the Department of Child and Family Services. I reported it to the principal. That I mean, you would think I'm working at this school. Chain of command. Okay. I, yeah. Gotcha. So right. I reported to administration, who then – reported it to whomever. I don't know who reported what to whom in what order, but, you know, after my girlfriend well, and I who spoke, does, and she's like, you don't, what's that? Who does the principal report to? I, I don't know if he reported to DCS. I don't know if he reported to the school board. I don't know who he reported to. I never asked. So, so you reported to the principal, the, and that's where, yes. that's where your knowledge of this ends. But I'm saying legally, yeah, because, if it's a mandatory report, who does the principal have to make that mandatory report that you gave the principal? Who do they have to make that report to? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I do know that DCF got involved, the Department of Children's okay. Families, mm-hmm. uh, because I was when I gave my first testimony, DCF was actually there with the sheriff deputy who was conducting the criminal investigation. You know, it's interesting. They're, they're hitting you with a slander lawsuit, so they're not saying what you're saying is wrong. I find that interesting. They're saying... Yeah. We're going to we're going to we're going to kill the messenger <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, and like it's sad, they're just, you know, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of he said, she said stuff. And, mm. you know, there's another witness, like I said, that witnessed worse abuse than I did. But they're not mm-hmm. going after her because she's, you know, they're just not going after her. I don't I don't want them to go after anybody, let alone anybody else, you know, Um but, you know, now that the parents have this federal lawsuit against the district, the school board, and the teacher, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to just try to do, I mean, any and everything. I mean, at the end of the day, all I did was my job. That's all I did. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not doing this. Trust me, if there's anything, I would love that this did not get this far. But it is what it is. I'm really trying to change so this change the laws and get cameras in those classrooms. Okay. And That's here the I, easy part I'm of like, discussion. I have absolutely, I have <laughs> yeah. nothing to gain from this. Trust me, I've lost my career. Okay. You know, it it is what it is. But um, yeah, so here we are, yeah. almost four years later. <laughs> 
Oh, and listen, the, the wheels of justice move slowly. This is why I, I got into legislation. I had no interest in, in running for elective office, and I have no interest in working with the judiciary. They're like the last place we go because they take too long. But I found something called Find Law, F-I-N-D-L-A-W, Defenses to Libel and Slander, by, created by Find Law's legal team or team of legal writers and editors and it was updated uh, in 2018 so obviously nothing's changed or at least we hope not this is a def a defendant that would be you in a defamation case may raise a variety of defenses whether it is libel or slander generally defamation occurs when one party publishes or broadcasts false information about somebody else causing an injury to one's reputation so you can actually counter sue them what they're doing yeah. is you can accuse them of defamation, okay? To understand how a defendant might defend against such charges, it may help to first familiarize yourself with the elements of libel and slander. And it says truth as a defense to libel and slander. So you've got the truth on your side. So your biggest defense is Correct. the truth. All right. Yes. The common law traditionally presumed that a statement was false once a plaintiff proved that the statement was defamatory. So in other words, they are defaming you. Anyway, so I'll, I'll save this website. I'm not going to go into much of it right now. But you, that's your defense. You know, you can countersue. They're defaming you. Right. But they're, 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 li they're actually libeling you. They're making false reports about you because what you reported Absolutely. was true. Absolutely. Okay. A hundred percent. I mean, I sat there when I got this lawsuit, you know, because I'm at home. I'm not working anymore. And, you, the, you know, they pound on your door. Like, and it's like, what in the world is that? And I go to oh, the yeah. door and they're like, you've been served. And I read this. I think it's like a 30-page lawsuit, this frivolous lawsuit of uh -huh. just I couldn't even believe what I was – like, I couldn't even finish reading it. I mean, it was – it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I just, I, I'm blown away. And I'm well, obviously, well, see, you know, we, yeah. the, the thing I want to explore that I probably can't with you right now is the teachers union. That's going to be very yeah. interesting. The source of the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, yeah. uh, first of all, um, government employees should not be able to unionize. That's me talking. Uh, and, and secondly, in fact, it was uh, the federal employees. We can get rid of that. That's only done by, um, by an executive order of John Kennedy. So that can be reversed. But, uh, that's what's really going on. So I'm curious why this person's being so protected. What happened to them in other states? Uh, how they were allowed to get through the program? And nobody noticed this, how they've been able to do this kind of abuse for so long. What is in their background that's causing them to want to do this abuse? Have they ever taught in a mm -hmm. normal classroom as opposed to only autistic kids? Are they teaching autistic kids because they can torture them? I mean, these are the questions that I have. But let's get to your bill. So you go to, so you go to our website, writeyourlaws.com. And you read the homepage, which gives you a framework of how to do, how to actually write citizen legislation. Then you go to the next item over, which is legislation. And the first section you'll come to is propose a new law, which is very clearly, this is where you can post all your ideas for bills that you want to see submitted to Congress, state legislatures, and local government. It doesn't matter how crazy or complex your idea is, I will consider everything. People think they can't do this, right? This, this proves you can. The best of, <laughs> and then I said, the best of your ideas will be turned into bills with citizen, in citizen bill ideas. That's the next section. This is where we take public commentary and work on the bills until they are ready for submission to the appropriate legislature. Then they move up to pose laws. Bills are also then categorized for ease of finding them during, uh, you know, so working on the categories. That's where our, our webmaster, unfortunately, left us. So that's the procedure. So you propose new law. And the way you do it, very simple. You put your name in here, your email, which is confidential, but I need that so I can get you on the show. In your case, I found you rather easily, so here you are. Uh, the next one is your title. You want to have an accurate title. You don't want to say the Affordable Care Act or the Inflation Reduction Act or, or the Patriot Act or any of these lies <laughs> that are put on bills. I want a yeah. real title, you know, an act to, to mandate cameras in the classrooms of kids that can't self-report. I mean, that would be a good title. Yes. Yeah. 
or you know, or, or any kind of special education kids or things like that. You'll come up with a title. Yeah. Uh, and then you, right. then you then we have an anti-spam question, which isn't really a question at all. And then it says, please select a category where there's only one choice. That's citizen bill ideas. I guess that's how it gets to the next area. And then you post your bill. And then I come in. You know, okay, uh, and then I get you on the air and do a workshop. We're kind of doing the workshop before you've written the bill, but that's kind of cool too. <laughs> so, so what you need to do is you need to do an introduction, uh, a um, you know the old law and the new law. Have you looked up um, rep- have you looked up any law regarding uh, cameras in the classrooms in, Flo- in the Florida statutes? Well, I've actually I've actually spoken with one of the representatives who um, proposed cameras in all classrooms and I don't want to say his name right now but we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago and I Mm -hmm. said how was that received and he said not very well it was pretty much not a good vote and I said well how do you feel about this how do you feel like revising the bill and say um, cameras only in classrooms where children cannot self-report and you know he knows my situation my circumstance very briefly and he's like Mm -hmm. oh I do like that Um, so like I said, I've spoken, and then I've spoken with another representative who actually has, I think he said one or two autistic nonverbal children. He, Mm -hmm. he was interested in well as well. And I also have a meeting October 29th with a a local legislator, one of my reps here, um, to discuss this as well. Yeah, this is perfect because you can actually hand them, once you write them, you can hand them a bill and say, here's my bill. Now, yep. they can take it, amend yep. it, you know, submit it, do what they want. That's, what, that's why we send bills to the legislature. I mean, everything we do here is right. under the Constitution. You know, we follow the process. Yep. We're not threatening. We're not, you know, we're not begging. We're not saying, you have to do this. You know, we're not threatening. You know, you have to do this or else. You know, I mean, yeah, it might come up for election, but that, that goes for any bill. All we are is a new source of bills. We're a new source of legislation that is not traditional because the traditional sources, you know, suck, <laughs> you know. Big corporations, special interest groups, wackos, things like that, people with millions and billions right. of dollars, that's who's writing our bills now. So I thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool if us regular folks could write bills and get them to the legislature? Because, you know, and it, you know, cause even though we don't have the money, we've got the media, hopefully. <laughs> we've got the social media someday, you know, and we've got each other. So there's no reason right. these, can't, these bills can't go viral and get a whole bunch of support. I think, you, you know, if you, if you start talking to the autistic children, help agencies, groups, things like that, tell them you've got a bill mandating cameras in, in classrooms of kids that can't self-report. You know, you, there's your constituency. They're the folks who are going to share the bill. And the fact that you have legislators already interested in this is great. Now, the best thing you can do for legislatures, legislators is make their life easy. Because they're busy too, you know, fundraising, yes. you know, going to meetings, yes. you know, waste, wasting the time in committee hearings. A lot of, they do a lot of stupid stuff. That's another reason I could ever – I'm too ADHD to serve in, a, in, a, in an elected office. I, I, I hate fundraising, and I can't stand long meetings. I would not be good at that, so I do this. <laughs> All right, so then you so get your name, email, uh, you post your title, you answer a stupid question, you select citizen bill ideas, and then you write your bill. So let's, let's put something on, on podcasts that you can later transcribe into a bill. So give me your, your best introduction as to why you want this bill. Oh, geez. Um, just say it. Well, and, and it's, it's, just it's go for it. It's basically to, to protect the children who cannot self-report and educators. I mean, that's truly it from any abuse. or And like I said, I don't want it, this to be like a live feed thing. It, it's to reference back to if there's any um, question of abuse or something going on in the classroom. So as far as the introduction, it is definitely just um, having cameras and audio in classrooms where children cannot self-report, and it's to protect both children and the teachers. So the camera's going to focus on the teacher or the kids or both? Both. 
Okay. Audio recording, so you're going to have a couple, yes. a couple of microphones, one central microphone in the ceiling. Do you know yeah. how to do this? I mean, hopefully a central microphone would be sufficient. So we need two cameras, so front and back, and uh, okay. So are these recordings going to be secured somehow? So yeah, the teachers well, or the principals can't go in and erase them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's another that's another thing as well. You know, there has to be uh, a system in place where, like, no video footage should be allowed to be erased. And like, what kind of programming do we have? Do we have it to where the video footage can be uploaded to some sort of uh, device where it's you know, there for a certain amount of time and not ever erase. I don't know. I don't know what the technology world well, has these days. You might want to, but you want to, for your bill, you want to have a time. I mean, oh, it, they can change oh, absolutely. it. You know, absolutely. whether it's uh, 48 hours, you know, six weeks, one calendar oh, gosh, year. Yeah. You know, that's what I, would I mean, at least one to two calendar years for sure. But okay. I don't so know if the video footage can maintain for that, mm-hmm. that, extended period of time oh. but let's hope so right the 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 education monitoring cloud <laughs> you know whatever that yeah. service is <clears throat> so that's where it should go now we're talking a lot of video in a lot of classrooms especially nationwide so this is a big deal but let's just yeah. talk about florida uh expenses budget are you going to need okay. uh, who's going to put the cameras in private companies or government no. cameras no let's hope private companies okay so we have to have uh, they have to be checked out and vetted and things like that. Parents, can parents yes. ha- access these uh, these videos? That's not what I have it intended for, um, okay. because I don't want you know I have it intended to look back for administration and law enforcement purpose or whatever, basically administration. Um, mm-hmm. But parents can absolutely request if they see something going on, but not to have access to it from their house. I don't want teachers to feel like they're not be, that they're being spied on and they they're not trusted. However, some well, people might I mean, disagree with me. Go, no, absolutely. School. This is a public yeah. school conducting a public service. Why yeah. wouldn't they want to be be watched? You know, the, yeah. let's reverse this. Let's put this on the government. If you've got nothing to hide, what are right. you worried about? Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay. Like I said, in our neighborhoods, we have ring cameras all over the place. We're mm-hmm. we're being watched just walking down the road on the sidewalk in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So um, we have cameras on stoplights. We have we have cameras in clothing stores. You know, it's cameras are everywhere. But yet, when it comes to when it comes to cameras in the classrooms, it's a totally different ball game. I, I mean, you know, when you're shopping for groceries, Shouldn't clothes, be. shoes, there's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we value shoes more than we value our kids. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. See, I'm in favor of, of full cameras, full parental access. Any, now, I wouldn't go to school-wide, but in other words, if you have a kid in a classroom, then you should have access to that classroom while your kid is in school. I don't have a problem with that. Now, you, might, you don't have to put it in this bill. In fact, people might take this bill and go, you know what? They didn't go far enough. I'm going to write another bill. I'm like, cool, let's go. Right, well, and that's let's, absolutely let's, true. I mean... You know, yeah. they could see my bill, what it is, and what I'm <laughs> I'm fighting for. Because, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, like I said, if if this would have happened in a different classroom where children actually could ter- tell a sheriff deputy what happened to them, that that's they told me. Then she would have been arrested. So the problem is she didn't get a. So they say she didn't get arrested because the kids couldn't tell them. So that's mm. why I'm fighting and wanting this bill is because to make changes in the future. So they're basically saying my word as an adult and a mother means nothing because this isn't on video. 
should teachers of special ed kids be rotated? In other words, not spend their whole time doing that. I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, these kids, if they had a different teacher halfway through the year, um, it would be a different experience. And all of a sudden they're, they're not being abused, for example. Yeah, um, but a lot of the times these children are used to the consistency of a teacher or a teacher's aide. There, okay. I mean, that, that would, that, you know, that, so I don't know if that would be helpful or hurtful to those children in their learning. So, I mean, but that's not something that I would want to prevent or uh, present in a bill okay, at all. Okay, so we don't address that. See, part of writing a bill is, is what you don't address. I mean, you have to be careful, yeah. you know, and you want to think about, because you want to make it single subject as much as possible, and you want to, but you want to be inclusive. Right. You don't want to forget something. So right. what I'm thinking is we need to have some kind of, of access. I would say, um, I don't know how you do it, but parents should be able to view, you know, later on what went on in their classrooms, you know, with the special kids. Uh, autistic and yeah. other, other, you know, uh, what's oh, it? Oh, and I'm uh, sure a lot of parents of children with special needs or who cannot yeah. self-report feel feel that way. I'm sure they do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I can't speak for those parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me and this situation and circumstance, like I said, mm-hmm. but and like, you, and like you brought up, can they delete this footage? If so, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that's another thing to look at. I mean, uh I was just trying to think of, of, of objections. Yeah. Oh, what would you say? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm agreeing with you because you just don't know. You don't know, like, you know, what they can do nowadays. I mean, if we do get these cameras in these classrooms and the audio about the deleting of the footage, you know, we definitely don't want that to happen. So it's like, how is that prevented? And somebody listening right now might already go, "Oh, there's a solution for that." I don't know. Yeah. Well. Uh, any, if you have a public group, I don't want to give personal contact information, but if you have something public that people can contact you, you know, set up a group, uh, like, a, like a Facebook group or something like that. Um, you know, uh, parents, parents for protecting kids with video cams or something, you know, that, that you might be able to get some good comments that way. Uh, in fact, I'll, I, I'd even set up an action radio group, you know, education to special kids or just, just for this bill. I've never done that, actually. I've never right. set up a Facebook group for a bill. But this might be something interesting. So uh, we do have a, actually, yeah. you know, you might get some page. good feedback from yeah. this. I'd say what, join our homeschool I, I, page. And We're, I got the sense yeah. of a lot of parents that they're just burnt out and huh. from trying to fight a system that's so broken and trying to fight right. for their children. And, and I get it. I get it. I mean, gosh, this whole entire situation and circumstance for me is so draining. It is very draining. Mm-hmm. So yep. I can't have an imagine outlet. having to go yeah. through all of this with your child still having to make accommodations for their learning and, you know, go from there. As I tell all, all my fellow advocates, you have to have an outlet. You treat it like a sport, yeah. treat it like a game. Yeah. Otherwise you go crazy. Mm-hmm. And me, I play loud electric guitar regularly, like almost daily, <laughs> you know, and I, 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 you know, bike ride and hit the gym. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I a, do. I'm a walker. Yeah. I'm a walker. Okay. I, I yep. do that every single day for like one and a half to two hours. Hmm. There you go. And now yeah, do you, do, this is off topic, but do you, do you have like headphones? Do you listen to music or you just let your brain go crazy? I, I actually got back into meditating again. It's very self-soothing. Interesting. See, and bicycles, my meditation. Well. I don't listen to music and I get a lot of my best ideas for bills on a bike ride. So, you know, mm-hmm. happens. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when I'm walking, when I'm walking, I, that is like my, it's, I don't have a notepad with me or anything, but I'm like always like, Oh my God, I do my best thinking when I'm out on getting that bilateral stimulation, you know? <laughs> What's bilateral? What's that mean? 
well, you know, with my legs, two legs, the bilateral stimulation. I mean, they tell, they tell you to do exercising for bilateral stimulation. Isn't that bipedal? Isn't that bipedal? Uh, yeah, you, by, there, there you go on your bike. Oh, no, no, I said, but bipedal means both feet. Yeah, well, no. I mean, not both PED feet. PED is the, guys, the yeah, uh, no. it's a Latin contraction of, I think, uh, you know, things like pedestrian, for example. Uh, bipedal. Yeah. Well, pedestrian's walking, you know, so the PED acronym is yeah. either Greek or Latin, uh, the origins of the word. Yeah. Well, I, you can do it visually as well, you know. Okay. I mean, I've done it with EMDR stuff. That's pretty cool. Have you ever heard of EMDR therapy? A I've lot heard of, of it, uh, I do, but you need to come yeah, back and tell us about of, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, like I said, that's a whole other thing, right? I know. See, how many look? we've lined up, like, what, five or six shows for you already. You're going to be busy. <laughs> Welcome to Action Radio. Let's, let's, yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, so we need to so you need to figure out who's going to have access to this video and how long it's going to last. And you need to yeah. do you want to have some kind of whistleblower protections? In other words, if somebody finds something in these videos, then what? Yeah, yeah, that that would be great. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sitting here writing this down because I I mean, like I said with the whistleblower act stuff, it's it's crazy. They're like, nope, I don't even like I said I don't even like 23 days, you're done. No, but I I did see what mm-hmm. you sent me on the the break, so I'm going to look into that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Should mandatory reports be available to parents? So you're manda- you're a mandatory reporter, right? So so yeah. should should parents be alerted if a mandatory report has been issued? Or made on a certain teacher. So. Or, okay, put that in the bill. Get yeah. your pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got we it. Do it. Okay, all right. So yeah. this is where it would be great to have other people, you know, call in or, or, or you know, send you your friends, you know, send you messages, Facebook, you know, Instagram. I don't know how that works. I'm, I'm a Facebook person, uh, even though they have uh, put me in political prison, as I've said uh, many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a veteran of, of uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, Facebook incarcerated several times. All right. So all these things you want to put in. It's better to write too much, and we can always take stuff out. But I don't want to miss right. anything. So put all your ideas and put them in bullet points. In fact, you don't even have to, uh, at this point, um, you know, write the exact language of the law that you want to write. At this point, I right. want to Right, just like bullet down. point it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just put yeah. all the things you want in the bill. And then once we find where it goes in law, then we can figure out how to write the actual bill. But hopefully we want to do this before – you know, or at least have the bullet points down that you can take to a legislator and say, look, this is where, this is where we're going with this. You know, what, what do you want to see in the bill? Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Write it yeah. with them. Ooh, there's yeah. a thought. Okay. Well, yeah, that was pretty much the, the, the whole point and me contacting my local senator's office. And mm-hmm. like I said, they have a committee that specifically works. I, like I already presented to them some of the stuff that I wanted in the bill, and I just mm-hmm. haven't heard back mm-hmm. to properly put it you know, down on paper. Um, so that's been in the works for, I think a couple months now. I just, I'm, I'm losing track of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me, it happens. Listen, I'm, I'm coming up on my, uh, uh, fourth year anniversary here in December. It's like, wow, how'd that happen? <laughs> you know, yeah. It started in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I say, the days are long, but the years are short. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here for we are. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why you got to, well, see, but you won't regret anything you're doing now. You'll, uh, There'll be great time markers. You'll be able to look back, you know, and, and I don't I hate to say succeed or fail because you've already succeeded, but no matter what happens with this cause, it was still worth doing. It's worth yeah. the fight because you never know how many oh, other people you're going to inspire. I believe that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like at the end of the day, you know, just doing the right thing and doing my job has led me down this pathway to want to produce real change. Mm-hmm. And if whether or not this bill gets presented and passed, 
I would hope so based on, and like I said, I, I said I have no problems with heading to Tallahassee to talk in the room with all of these people who would potentially vote to pass, you know, pass this bill. Um, just so they're hearing it not only from a teacher perspective, a parent perspective, but somebody who actually was injured on the job and cameras would have been an amazing asset to have and who also witnessed these children get abused. And, you know, so I'm kind of coming at it from multiple angles, not just one place. Yeah, your medical report is going to be valuable too, probably for the trial and things like that. I'm sure you've got all that information. Were there pictures? You don't, you know, that may, you don't have to tell me, but I'm just curious. Pictures of what? Of your, your injury from the student, your dry injury? Oh, no. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, no, I had wrist braces on. I mean, people saw me wearing black wrist braces for a couple okay. weeks. Mm. So, yeah, and I didn't, I, like I said, I did not do a workman's comp thing. I was not about to go down that road. Okay. What, I'm trying to think of all the contingencies here. So you want to think about, you know, who's, uh, where the cameras are, who's going to do them. I think we covered that. Uh, who's going to have access to them, you know, whether parents should be able to see, um, you know, and uh, who should, you know, I, I'm just trying to think of, because um, you don't want to just, you don't want to just government. I mean, other people other than government have to have access right. to see these things. Otherwise, the government will do what they normally do. They'll suppress it, lose it. You know, have you ever noticed whenever anybody files a Freedom of Information Act, it's yeah. too long, and it's or redacted, or they they. Well, say they I mean, look it. at what I did. Look at look at what has happened to me when I call Human Resources. Why am I not getting phone calls to sub? Oh, somebody manually mm-hmm. went in and messed with your account. So you, I mean, right, that's illegal. Just right there. I mean, yeah. oops. Okay, everybody else is getting calls except me. Oh, okay. how convenient. So, so here's the question, uh, and this is more for your lawsuit, is you should be able to subpoena the person that, that did that. I mean, there's going to be a, a computer address or, you know, who has access to the computers that can do that, who has knowledge of how to do that. You know, I would go after uh-huh. that person, you know, and, and bring them into the lawsuit and say, wait a minute, this person manually took me out. Why'd they do that? That's, def- right. that's not just defamation. I, would, that's, I honestly uh, would love to know that, but I'm just like, I'm just so ready for this lawsuit to be over with, you know, and it's like no, adding exactly more the lawsuit. fuel to the fire. <laughs> This is this is this is exactly oh, a lawsuit. Maybe you know, yeah. or or you know, and somebody. Have you talked to the Florida Attorney General about this? Attorney General's I office, Ashley I, Moody. Yeah, I think I emailed her office, but I don't know mm-hmm. that I ever heard back. I'm not 100 percent, but I mean, definitely, I I could for sure. It's just like I was just trying to focus on from the the avenue of uh, education and. Um, all of that stuff with um, not working with the lower act and and things of that nature. Yeah. But they're treating you like a criminal. They're treating you like the, they absolutely are. They absolutely (laughs) are. And I've already stated in a document that I put in public record, I feel very harassed and and like they're, they're bullying me and harassing me. So I'll stay quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we'll see. The best thing you you can do is get one part of government fighting another part of government. Let them duke it out. So you need friends. Attorney General, yeah, and, I don't well, know, I, I legislators, governor's office, office, whoever. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? I did. Yeah, I did contact a Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis's office Good. multiple times. And, I, and I'm just I'm continuing to do that. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, you need to contact your local representatives. And I said, yeah, I know I'm doing that also. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, are we going to sit here and allow this to happen in our, in our Florida schools? And mm-hmm. people that did the right thing, just are we going to continue to allow this to happen? How about media um, other than me? You know, Florida Daily, Florida News, Sunshine News, whatever it's called, some of the, or your uh-huh. local media. Has anybody picked up on yeah, it? Yeah, I just don't. 
No, be, I, I do know that people tried to go to Florida today. I actually went to, they wouldn't cover it back when all of this was going on because there was a pending lawsuit against me. But mm-hmm. then it was my understanding that Florida today covered something on behalf of of uh, her, I guess, or her attorney had it written up or something like that because, that's, you know, it's like they're in favor of the school system. And I do know that the parents' original attorney public, uh, published something in the news and in a news article, I can is, is it the Daily Rocket or the Space Coast Rocket? I didn't even know. <laughs> I, didn't, I knew nothing. I, yeah, the Space but um, actually, it was the most accurate article I had read, and the only reason I know that is because I've lived it and I saw it, you know. Okay. Um, but, yeah, who knows? It would be nice to – and there was also – okay, um, I do know in Indian River County, um, one of my friends who does something down there, Ryan Blade, he was interested in covering um, this in his – and his segment that he does, he, he's got a few news stories ahead of, mm-hmm. of mine or whatever. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see yeah. what happens. Okay, keep pursuing it because you mean, never know. Yeah, any um, exposure for the truth and trying to get these cameras in the classroom would be great because that's, that's essentially what I'm trying to do. Like, I, yeah. whatever happens with the federal case, I can't control any of that. But, you know, as far as cameras, that is what I'm advocating for. Yeah, you can control it, but we just have to figure ways. Um, I would also look yeah. to other states. Uh, check out state laws in other states and see if they have any kind of uh, mandatory camera um, for students that can't self-report. Uh, you know, it's always best to look at models, especially in states where it's mm-hmm. working. Uh, for example, Arizona yeah. has the uh, – in fact, we had Wendy Rogers on last week. She was talking about this – in fact, last Thursday. She was on a week ago uh, talking about their empowerment scholarship thing, their new uh-huh. bill that uh, all parents get a $7,000 account scholarship that they can take to home schools, private schools you know, do what they want with it to, uh, to educate their kids. So that's a model that Florida should adopt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But so they can have control and they can have that money back if they're choosing to homeschool and get them out of the system. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, I don't think, uh, I think education taxes should go to the parents should go to a voucher program and they should mm-hmm. not go to government. You know, and if you did that, then we'd have actual choice. See, I personally think that we should close all the government schools. I think they're dangerous. I think they're indoctrination centers. I think they're, they're controlled by way too powerful a teacher's union. I think that the, the government, uh, the, the legislators, you know, give the, the union way too much power because they want to get elected. They want the votes of the members of the teacher's union. And so they give them ridiculously good contracts. It's an entire conflict of interest that should not exist. There's no reason you know, for the government schools, especially since their track record is systematically lowering the education standards and, and upping the brainwashing. You know, you look at the, our founding fathers were all homeschooled. You look at the, uh, uh, the letters from Civil War soldiers who grew up, you know, dirt farmers, you know, and barefoot and poor, and they write better letters, you know, because they were educated, uh, homeschool, local school, one-room school rooms, things like that, mm-hmm. than kids today who don't know anything. They don't know where they are in the world. They can't find the United States on a map. You know, it's, it's, it's a terrible situation. So the best thing we can do for education is close the government schools. Now, you're not going that far. You're not, unless you are advocating that, but that's a different issue. But let's <laughs> no, get, no, 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 but, no. I can only yeah. handle one thing at a time. And I think oh, okay. it's been yeah, a, yeah. a big thing for a long time. So. Oh, yeah. We'll get this solved. Then we'll, uh, then we'll see what kind of an advocate you turn into. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you, know, you might start your own education advocacy group. You know, you never know. But we have the, the Action Radio homeschool page. You can post anything there. If you're not a member, you will okay. be. <laughs> I'll do that after the show. Uh, but that would be a good place to outline anything you want, anything you want public, and anybody that wants to reach you and talk to you, that would be a good place to do it. So let's, let's start doing that because that's what that page is for. 
It's, it's, not, okay. it's not a well-developed group yet. It's not that big. It will be, I hope. But uh, get all your friends on the Action Radio Homeschool page. It's a Facebook group. And, uh, in fact, I'll put you on right now. Well, I'll do that after the show. We've got 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> do you believe you've been almost two hours? What do you think? Isn't this fun? I know. Okay. wasn't expecting this. Neither was I. But, you know, I'm, I'm the boss. I can do things like this, you know, so it's, <laughs> this, I can take action. I, you know, it's just, that's the way it goes. Questions. Do you have any questions about the process of, of, uh, of bill writing? Any other things you want to no, cover? No, at this issues? time, no. It seems, pretty, it seems pretty self-explanatory and pretty simple. Less okay. is more. Don't get too wordy. You know, yep. those good no things. No one to quit. Yeah, and then in fact, I think actually, what I might do, I got 20 minutes left. I might play one of my favorite interviews with Dr. Walter Williams. Uh, it was one of my first interviews, and he really talks about action radio and things that are possible from it. So that might be a good thing to play. That's like 24 minutes. So I'm going to go over a little bit, but you can you can check it on the podcast. So I think we've covered it. Um, do you have uh, yeah. any other questions? Anything you want to? Any information you want to give? Any uh, stuff like that? And like I say, folks, if you get on the the Action Radio Homeschool page, then uh, people will be able to comment there. Uh, of course, they can't you know join the group unless they're decent people, and I of course review all applications to join. But right. that's a good way to get the word out. Yeah, but it's a public group, so anybody can read the stuff. Um, questions, comments, uh, reviews, um, new status as a citizen legislator, anything you want to uh, uh, tell me at this particular time? No, I just, right now, I just think the main thing is is to try to get all of this stuff um, finalized so we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, we should have you back on when you have your bullet points and you have the, the yes. actual laws, and let's, uh, let's discuss how to merge those. That might be the best thing to do. Okay, and I got your name right too, Marin Montez. I said it, I, I knew it yes, beforehand. Yeah, you did. <laughs> what do people say yeah. your name is? <laughs> what do they do to you? Oh my gosh, every slaughter it. Oh, they'll, the, fun, the funniest one is though when they try to call me Karen and uh, they'll hand oh, back no. my ID and my credit card and say, thank you, Karen. And I was like, it's Marin. And they're like, oh, we thought they made a mistake. And I'm like, on the DMV and the credit card company? Like, no, but it's funny because I, I tried to name my kids something to where it wouldn't get messed up either. And, you know, it didn't work. But, hey, you know, we'll you say. Check. But, yeah, no, it's every yeah. – That's funny. If you check birth records yeah. for 2021 and – twenty well, from 2020 on, for the next, like, five years, one of the least given names – for girls, it's going to be Karen. I guarantee it. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> no parent was their, their girl to grow I, up being I Karen. have a lot of people in my life I love that are named Karen, but I don't even know. Well, it's it's a great just name. so funny. It's like, how in the world did this even, how the world did this even become a thing, you know? Well, the first Karen was oh, probably Lord. a Karen. Part <laughs> of that one. I guess. I have no clue. We're having way too much fun. All right. Listen, yeah, but I'm glad uh, to be a Karen. Um, yeah, there you go. You can listen online. I can, I'll just mute your line here and, and you can just hang out for a little bit. Uh, and it has okay, been a pleasure to have good. you on. This has been really, really fun. But like I say, if you want to pick it up online, and that's where I recommend most people listen, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. So if you want to hang up and check it there, this was a fabulous interview with Dr. Walter Williams. He has passed on. That's why I'm glad I talked to him when I did. Uh, is it WEBY, my previous station? I don't have the date on it, but I know it was really early within like a couple of months of me being on. And what we talk about are possibilities. And he talks about action radio and the idea of citizen legislation. I think it'll inspire you. That's why I want to play it. And I also have 20 okay. minutes Okay. So Dr. Walter <laughs> Williams, you said, right? Yep. Yep. He used to substitute for That's Rush Limbaugh. Uh, he, was, he was black, and he used to say, black by popular demand, Dr. Walter Williams. It's like really cool. Uh, he was fabulous. And he was the one that also had the exemption for white people. He was one of the first uh, conservative uh, uh, black Americans that said, all right, all you white people, stop feeling guilty. Okay, stop doing that. 
You know, the, don't, 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 you're not the oppressors, okay? And actually, I have a copy. I have his certificate. He used to have a certificate of absolution for white people. It was hysterical. So I actually have one of those. But let me play Walter, one of my favorite people and one of my favorite interviews of all time. So just to let folks know, uh, this was done several years ago. This is WEBY, a station that no longer exists in, in the form it was then. It was a talk station. It was independent. And it was, you know, one of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, until uh, it was bought up by another station and uh, well that was that <laughs> that's about all I can say about that I have my own restrictions too um, Marin thank you so much let me uh, let you go now thank and, you. or hang out you're very welcome and we'll do this again soon sounds good and this yeah and this is my interview with uh, Dr. Walter Williams and again hope you're inspired uh, and everybody's inspired by what uh, what he told me uh, back then about action radio <laughs> Yeah, baby. Time for the Action Radio Hour. It's 8.06 in the morning. I don't get the music down. I want to get to our guest right away, so let's introduce him now. Come in music? He doesn't mind music? Ah, thank you very much. He received a Ph.D. in economics from UCLA. He is an economics professor and former department head of George Mason University. He has authored over 150 publications, done tons of radio and television appearances, including mine, with more awards than I have time to mention. Let's have a round of applause for Dr. Walter Williams. Dr. Williams, thank you so much for coming on my show. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's, it's, believe me, it's my pleasure to have you on. I have, um, I'm feeling you here, and I have questions I've wanted to ask you for years, so I want to get right to them. First of all, we're in a budget battle that's already started, and we have the national uh, debt ceiling, national debt and the debt ceiling being raised as issues are coming up, but we've got this $20 trillion debt hanging over our heads. What does that mean for the economy, and, and how does that affect individual Americans? Well, first, I, I think uh, uh, there's no hope of our ever paying off the national debt. Uh, that is, most countries that have a national debt, uh, what they do is just simply repudiate it uh, through uh, inflation. That is just destroyed through inflation. But uh, what the national debt also means is that it's going to, uh, when, when we see interest rates uh, uh, rise, it's going to be a huge part of the federal budget. And so, uh, okay. it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's not good uh, what we're doing as a nation. But, however, uh, the national debt grows because the, uh, the American people want Congress to do those kind of things that make it grow. That is, to, they want Congress to spend money. Interesting. Um, has anybody done any forecast as to how much national debt our economy can actually support? Um, I don't know. Right now, the national debt is about 100, uh, 103% of uh, – uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the, na- the national debt is very, very large relative to the GDP, but, okay. but we're, uh, we're better off than many other countries. And, and there's no particular, uh, um, no, no particular estimate that I know of uh, where, you know, where it rings the bells for disaster. And here's the, the reason I'm asking that question is because I think the more important question is if we don't know – how much national debt our country can support, then how can Congress, in any good conscience at all, raise the, the debt ceiling? Well, the, well look, the, these people are politicians. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is, look, you have to recognize that a congressman, uh, let's say a, a member of the House of Representatives, his time horizon is two years. Okay. Uh, 
a senator maybe four or six years. Now, those people are not concerned about what happens to our country in 2030. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they're, they, they might be dead by 2030. And if they do the kind of things now that protect our country in 2030, the American people will run them out of office. Which brings up my next question, and that is, and I told you about this ahead of time, uh, Calvin Coolidge being one of my favorite presidents, I looked up some numbers, and I got this from a Heritage Foundation article. Uh, Calvin Coolidge inherited in World War, after World War I and the Woodrow Wilson mess um, just this horrible economy. But what he did was he cut spending 43% from 1921 to 1924. He dropped the highest tax bracket from 73% to 29%, and that went from 1921 to 1929, and reduced the national debt from $24 billion to $16.9 billion. So I translate... And right after that, we had the Roaring Twenties. Exactly, we had the Roaring Twenties. So what I'm getting to is if that was repeated today, and I've run the numbers here, if Trump repeated that today, we'd have a current budget... That would go from 4.3 trillion down to only 2.4 trillion. The top tax rate would go from 39.6 down to 15.7, and the national debt would be reduced from 20 trillion to about 14 trillion. What would that mean for our economy if we could repeat what Calvin Coolidge did to create oh, the Roaring Twenties? It would just be fantastic. It'd yeah. be great for our economy. But uh, uh, but uh, President Trump just cannot do that. Look, look. Yeah. The the major components of the, of federal spending of the of the uh, federal budget are social security okay. medicare and medicaid now touching those things is political suicide and and any president uh, uh who's not going to do something about social security and Medi- and medicare uh is, is not really serious about uh, uh reining in the uh, the federal spending have you seen anything from the Trump administration that would lead you to think they're going to do something with these entitlements? Well, um, uh, I don't see any indications. That is, that is uh, a person that gets into office and stays in office. He has to be a smart politician, right. and he can't listen to what I what Walter Williams will tell him because that's <laughs> political suicide. I'm listening. <laughs> but you're and, not a politician. <laughs> well, actually, um, what I'm trying to do, uh, and I want to tell you about this speaker, I'm trying to take talk radio and make it action radio. And what that means is my audience becomes a citizen legislature. I'm going to be working with my local congressman. We're going to be writing bills on a, on a website. We're going to be filing them. And so the whole idea is to change the relationship from the citizen to the government uh, in a way that's never been done before by using radio, by using the Internet, by having um, a direct you know, participation in writing legislation because my guiding principle is that the people give their consent to be governed through writing the laws by which they are governed. And that's what I'm trying to bring in. So this is why I'm asking these questions as what can we do as citizens? Is there any effect that an average person can have other than you know, calling a politician to, to you know, affect economic policy? Well, well, look, look. Uh, you, you live in the state of Florida. Yes, sir. And there are many retirees in the state of Florida. Okay. And and you tell me what politician is going to say uh, is going to do anything about Social Security? He'll have the citizens, uh, 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 you know, uh, drawing and quartering him. Hmm. If you, th- I mean, if you do anything to Social Security, and and a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people believe that their Social Security check 
represents money that they put into it. That is not true. That is the only way a Social Security recipient can get one dime is for the government to take money away from a worker who is a you know, person who is already in the workforce. Yeah. There's, there's no trust fund. There's, and I mean, it's a so-called pay-as-you-go system. And so, but I'm saying that any politician, and Social Security is going to go down the tubes. That, yeah. that is, uh, by 2035 or 2040, it's just going to be unsustainable. But any politician doing anything that will cope with the problem of Social Security in 2030, 2040, he, 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 it's political suicide. Interesting. Have you seen... I mean, so, so we, yeah. one of the things we have to recognize, okay. I think, is that that politicians are doing precisely what gets them elected office yeah. and 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 upholding the United States Constitution, as our founders wrote it, uh, is political suicide. You know, it's funny you should mention that because my next question is, has anybody done some work, and I'd love to work with someone in your department on this, uh, in publishing what I call a constitutional budget? In other words, if we took just the items in Article 1, Section 8, things like uh, maintaining the military, the interstate highway system, the various offices, the courts, and things like that, and we, pu- and we put specific budget amounts as if that were the budget, you know, how much would that actually cost? Has anyone- it wouldn't come to a trillion dollars. Okay, so we're talking less than a trillion dollars. That, that, see, m- okay. see, most of the federal spending can be characterized in the following way. Okay. That is, most federal spending is where Congress takes the property of one American okay. and gives it to another American to whom it does not belong. You, I don't care whether you're talking about uh, farm subsidies, business bailouts, food stamps, mm-hmm. Medicare, Medic, Social Security, et cetera, et cetera. It represents you know, another way of doing it, another way of expressing it. It's legalized theft. Right. That is, that is uh, Congress taking from one American and giving it to another, and that's not in the Constitution. Yeah. I still would like to do that, and so I'm hoping I can write you off, off the air and see if I can get someone to, to actually put dollar amounts to each of the items in Article 1, Section 8, because I want to write an article on this. I want to publish it, and I think if, if and I can present that to my congressman and, and say, look, this is what a constitutional budget looks like. This is what you guys are doing, and I think if people are aware of that and how far we've gone from the Constitution, it, it, you know, at least it's an educational thing, it might make a bit of a difference. Well, I, I would hope so. I mean, and I would hope so because the future of our country depends on it, yeah. and, and the future of liberty uh, um, uh, depends on it. And, and we Americans have an awesome responsibility. That yeah. is, if liberty dies in the United States, it's dead for all times, for all people, all for, uh, for all over the world. And so we Americans have an awesome responsibility yep. to make sure that liberty persists in the United States. And what we're doing now is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying my bit. I mean, I've got a vision for, for Action Radio, and I'm getting a lot of help here and a lot of support. And I have this job to be able to do it. So, But that's part of it, is to have much more of a direct representation. But here's, oh, here's a yeah, question for you. Yes, sir. But here's a question for you to ponder. That is, we have to ask the question, are the American people, as human beings, are we any different from the Romans, from the Portuguese, the French, the British? These are great empires of the past. Right. They went down the tubes for precisely what we're doing, yeah. bread and circuses. Now, what is it about American people as human beings that make us any different from them? 
That's a great question. Uh, all I can think of is we have more uh, history, we have the Internet, we have more information at our disposal, we have more instant communication. A regular person like me that was a tour guide in San Francisco three months ago is now on radio. I can talk to you directly, whereas people in like Roman times, I don't think they could talk directly to their senators you know, and the government officials. They, they were, and for most people, you know, people in power are way beyond us regular folks out here. So but I think with education, with the instant communication we have, and with, with considering things that have never been considered before, like regular people writing legislation, maybe that'll make a difference. Well, I, I hope you're right. I'm going to try. <laughs> Indeed, I hope you're yeah. right, because the future of America depends on, on, on our doing something yeah. different from what we're doing. Can I ask you a couple more questions? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, one thing I was wondering is the unemployment figures. Whenever they're given, we get the U3 rate, which is like 4.9%. We get U6, which is a little bit higher. But I found a website called Shadow Stats by um, John Miller, I think. And what he's reporting is that the actual unemployment rate is 22.7% because they include long-term discouraged workers who aren't counted in the U3 and U6 rates. Is that accurate? And would that better describe why our economy is so sluggish if actually 22% of people are unemployed? That, that sounds a bit high, but, not, but uh, you know, I, I would put it somewhere around 15%. That's okay. the number I'm hearing, okay. uh, if you include the so-called discouraged worker. Right. And one of the reasons why we have these, I think it's about 92 million people okay. uh, who are capable of working, not working. The reason why we have such a number is because of the welfare state. Okay. That is, these people can afford to say, well, I'm not going to take that job at McDonald's for $7.25 an hour and $8 an hour because I can get unemployment compensation, I can get food stamps, I can get many other things. Hmm. And if you look at historically, the duration of unemployment uh, since 1948, I believe, has tripled. Okay. And, and, and uh, now, if, if not taking a job at $8 or $9 an hour, if that meant starvation, people would not do it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean starvation. Well, we used to have a workfare program where you had to work something. You know, if you were an able-bodied person, you couldn't just stay on welfare. Now, that's right. And then there's another question that one might ask, is that we've okay. been a nation since uh, 1792 or 1787, whatever, number you, we wanted, uh, whatever year you want to put it. Okay. But, but we, we became the greatest nation on the face of the earth without all these programs that people today say are absolutely necessary. So they're that not. Is, we, we, didn't have a, we didn't have any welfare until the, you know, until the Roosevelt administration. Right. Uh, we did not have an unemployment compensation, I believe, not until the 1940s. Yeah. And, I, and, and we didn't have all these programs that people say are absolutely necessary uh, be, uh, you know, before uh, in the, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah. Another thing we didn't have that I reported on in the previous hour was the withholding tax that came in in 1943, right in the middle of World War II. Yeah, and right. It's, it's, what, 62 years later or something. The and, article and, you know, like, it, yeah, go ahead. and very interestingly, it was called a victory tax. Oh, interesting. And, oh. and, and it, was called the, it was called the victory tax because the government was saying, if we can get money to the government uh, more quickly, we, that will help us win the war. Yeah. Well, now, and so, so as Milton, as my colleague and, and mentor, Milton Friedman, used right. to say, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary federal program. 
Or a tax, temporary tax. We have an issue here. We're <laughs> voting on another temporary tax for 10 years. Um, oh, yeah, well, yeah, right. As a matter of fact, they just repealed, I think 10 years ago, mm-hmm. the tax on telephones that was supposed to finance the Spanish-American War. <laughs> wow. What would happen if we actually could get rid of it? This is one of my legislative agenda items. If we didn't have a withholding tax and Americans had to physically, I mean, they couldn't just have an automatic deduction, but if they had to physically, every time uh, tax was due, whether it was weekly, monthly, quarterly, or by the year, what do you think that would have uh, an effect on the economy and the rate of I taxation? I think it would have a very important effect because the average American has no idea how much taxes he's paying. Right. The withholding tax makes it makes uh, uh, p- paying taxes to the federal government and the state government it makes it less painful than it otherwise would be. Now, if I had it my way, I would require before changing anything about taxes that people pay their taxes, <laughs> go to the post office, pay their taxes, and count it out in $5 bills and have the whole family present with them. Oh, wow. Well, tax collectors in the old days, when we're talking about older civilizations, they would come to your house. They would take things. They would take your livestock. They would take your, your money. They would take whatever. And people knew exactly what they were paying because it was going right out the door. Yeah. And, and you know, and keep in mind, since uh, between 1780, I mean, 1787 mm-hmm. and 1913, we did not have an income tax except for a short period during the during the uh, the Civil War yeah. that was ruled unconstitutional, and and we were able to run our government on sales tax and ice and excise. I mean, uh, uh, tariffs and excise taxes. Now, but however, government was very small. That is. Between 1787 and 1920, except during war, mm-hmm. the federal government was only 3% of the GDP. And what's it now? To, today, the federal government is around 25, between 25 and 30% of the GDP. Wow. And so you need an oppressive system like the Internal Revenue Code to get that amount of money from the American people. Hmm. You mentioned uh, Social Security is one of the, the big exploding time bombs coming up. Um, have you, I'm sure you have, but uh, studied the Chilean retirement system, and would a privatized system like that work here? Uh, would, would you repeat, repeat the question? The, the Chilean system where I think they have a mandatory oh, yeah, 10% yeah, right, yeah. withholding, but it's a private account. It goes to you. It doesn't go to the government to pay other people. Could that work here? How could that work here? And would that solve our Social Security I think that would problem? be an improvement over the status quo. Okay. If I had it my way, what I would do okay. is that I would tell every American uh, who is a- over age 45, mm-hmm. look, we will live up to our commitments and pay you your Social Security benefits out of general revenues. Okay. For all people under 25, I would tell them, forget whatever money you put in uh, under 45. Okay. Forget whatever money you put into Social Security. Go out and get your own retirement system. And so, and the reason why 45, I, I choose 45, is that between 45 and 65, mm-hmm. and if you put your money in a private retirement system, you would break even with what you would get in Social Security. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I want see, to, the, one yeah. thing we can't we can't abandon people right. who have made their plans based on what the government told them, the big lie about Social Security. So we have to find some way to take care of those people. But but let's say we can what we can do, we can just prevent the system from getting worse. Interesting. Um, I want to throw something open to you now because I'm, I'm, I've been asking a lot of questions, but what is going on in economic theory now? What new developments do you have? You know, are the models working? Is there something new to take a look at the economy to explain it better? What do you guys do at, at, at George Mason? 
Well, we teach real economics. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think that the, one, one of the things that's happening to our profession, which I think is disastrous, is that it, it's becoming too mathematical. Uh, and now, as I tell, I teach uh, my PhD. The, the uh, my uh, in fall, I teach the first year PhD students uh, uh, their economic theory, mm-hmm. and I tell them that economics is not math, and math is not economics, but math is a very, very valuable tool in economics. Okay. But too many people, uh, uh, you, you, uh, distinguished places like University and MIT, uh, they, 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 uh, they, you know, they, they teach math instead of really economics. And here we teach uh, economics, so my colleagues are top people in um, in public choice analysis and or the uh, Austrian uh, theory, Austrian theories of uh, in Can you economics. explain that Austrian theory real quickly? Because I want to get one of those folks on with me, too. Well, yeah. Well, the, the Austrian, it, it, well, it has to do with the the uh, the, the uh, economics of Fr- uh, Friedrich Hayek okay. and uh, and many others who are from the Austrian school of uh, economics. But, however, as Milton Friedman used to say, <laughs> he used to say there's only two kinds of economists: uh, good economists and bad economists. <laughs> And if you make the wrong forecast, yeah. Yeah, Um, as opposed to people saying Keynesian economists, Austrian economists, free market economists. He just says it's good economists and bad economists. Okay. I've got uh, one of my wilder ideas is to have what I call brainstorm day, where I get uh, maybe you and Newt Gingrich and and maybe Herman Cain and maybe Mike Huckabee and a few other folks, Ann Coulter, together, and we brainstorm questions that that no one else is asking. And one of the questions I've been trying to uh, wrestle with is regulatory agencies as a model, I think is a terrible way to govern. I think there has to be a new way to to enforce the laws that uh, the legislature passes and the executive signs, but regulatory agencies become these little kingdoms. They grow, they take on more responsibility, they think their regulations are, are law, and they, there's like bypassing uh, the legislative process. Is there another way to get our laws enforced that is not a regulatory agency? Is there a new model that we could come up with um, to handle that responsibility? Has anybody? Well, I, I, yeah. I think we just have to go back and look at our history. Okay. That is, we say, well, what in the world did what what in the world did we do before we had all these regulatory agencies? Okay. And then uh, uh, the, another uh, big problem is that. Uh, uh, Congress has become uh, derelict in its responsibilities. That is, it's given much of their responsibilities to regulatory agencies. Interesting. And, and the regulatory agencies, as you said, they become uh, uh, little fiefdoms, and where people uh, have uh, all kinds of legislative power that's not uh, that that's, that they're not supposed to have. That is, Congress has delegated much of its responsibilities to these regulatory agencies. And matter of fact, uh, congressmen uh, they don't understand much of what they pass. Yeah, because they they pass it and then they read it. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably be in favor then of a bill to have bills be one subject, and I think Thomas Jefferson wanted you know bills to stay on the table for a year before they were voted on to give everybody input on them. Um, is and, there... and, and Trump has an interesting idea for What's each that? new regulation they have to get rid of three or two, whatever he said. Yeah, I'm never I'm not a great fan of formulas. The same way I'm not a big fan of of term limits because you know you might get three corrupt people in the space of one corrupt person, and I would like to see entire you know areas of regulation be done away with, you know, especially when they talk about the whole global warming hoax and, and you know, carbon dioxide being a, a pollutant when it's really a plant fertilizer. So there's a question. Has anybody accounted for the cost of this whole global warming thing? How much is that taken out of our, of right. our productivity? Well, there are people that have... Uh 
the Heartland Institute. Uh, okay. uh, they've uh, they've done it. And then, actually, for uh, for for the for you and and many of the listeners, you can go to my website. It's WalterEWilliams.com, and I give uh, uh, their book recommendations and their recommended websites and their their my publications and my okay. videos and other things that are available on their website. Hmm. I, I have more questions for you, but I know you wanted to go at some point. Yes, we have. To. But I'm just, I'm, well, I see I got you now, so I'm having so much yeah. fun. But I hope I can get you back uh, sometime soon. Um, oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Do, do you have any, any closing comments or advice for me with, for Action Radio? Uh, no. I, I, one of the topics of my last column, I pointed out that true liberty is, uh, uh, is not for wimps. You have to be a brave person to be for liberty. Liberty Not for Wimps. I'm going to read that column. I'm going to present it to my audience here. And I want to thank you, Dr. Williams, so much for coming on my show. And the extra time that you gave, I really appreciate that. Okay, thank you very much. All right, you have a wonderful day, sir. All right, and that was Dr. Walter Williams of George Mason University. And that is, I think, the most incredible... Uh, conversation I've ever had with anybody, certainly in my, my short throw, three weeks here. If this is the kind of guest you want, if you want this kind of information, uh, if this is something that um, is, is, is appealing to you, let me know, please, because I'm going to try and get the very best that I can for you. Uh, we're going to take a break now. Uh, the phone number is 623-1330, 623-1330. I spent so much time you know, preparing my questions for Dr. Williams. I, I still didn't get to them all, but uh, I have more things. If you want to talk, now is your chance, because I really don't have a whole else to do because I really want to make sure that I maximized uh, my time with Dr. Williams. He was just fabulous. So let's take a break. It's 1330 WEBY, 8.30 in the morning, and I'll be back. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> I love that interview. I played it. Uh, I should probably play it like, you know, two or three times a year just because it is so inspiring. Uh, and he said, you know, liberty's not for wimps. And that's very true. And so for those, those of us in the fight and our, our newest uh, warrior, uh, our newest citizen legislator, uh, Marin Montes, who just did, was, did a fabulous job on the show today. And again, we went, uh, you know, an hour and 42 minutes or something like that. But th- this is, that's the beauty of Action Radio is that uh, when we're on to something good, we just keep going, and we will continue to do that. That's how it works here. So bringing you up to present day, that interview with uh, Dr. Williams was done, if, if I said I'd been there three weeks, that would put it in the third week of March of 2017. And so obviously the debt was $20 trillion then. It's over $31 trillion now. And so you can see how bad things have gotten, how quickly uh, they've gotten there. But uh, he basically is right. You know, so uh, it's not for wimps, and we're going to go forward, and I'm going to take everything. I still I like listening to it because he was very inspiring. He says, you know, we, we don't have a choice. We have to change things from what they are. And so Marin's going to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, all our bill writers, Josie, Jonathan, uh, Pianchi, all the folks that write legislation, our newer folks, Linda, who's writing the uh, – the bill to ban uh, drug advertising with uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits. You know, we combine a lot of times people from uh, from completely different areas, just regular folks with, uh, you know, absolute uh, top people in their fields, and that's how we create these things. So that's how it goes. Anyway, um, another reason, oh, I think I just I found that too. Jonathan Mosley, who, who is an attorney and our, uh, our legal reporter, also spent a lot of time with the Department of Education. So I need to get those two connected, Marin and Jonathan, and we'll see what uh, can come with that. Maybe I can get them both on the show together. So Friday's the early day, 6 in the morning Central Time. We'll be back then with uh, Amber Kemper and the Constitution Report. Uh, and then Jim has left us, so we also have Shirley Watchell with uh, DC Project Women and Guns, and then Derek Park with our Financial Report. 
and then uh, we have uh, Mike Clinch uh, does our Science Friday. I haven't talked to him. I got to find out what he's going to talk about tomorrow. That should be fun too. All right, that's it for me. And I'm going to play a couple things on the way out just to let you know who we are, what we do, and I'll see you all tomorrow back here at six in the morning Central Time. And of course, podcasts are available twenty four seven. All shows are podcast about five to ten minutes uh, after we're off the air. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.